Your favorite swim bait podcast is now proudly sponsored by Leviathan Rods. Leviathan Rods is a Texas-based fishing rod company that's handcrafted and uses high-end, made-in-the-USA rod blanks. Every sale from Leviathan helps support foster youth and their families. With Leviathan Rods, you're not only going to feel a difference, but you're going to help make a difference, too. Friends of the show will also get 20% off their rod purchases by using code SCALES20 at checkout. So whether you're fishing a depth 250 or a square bill, make sure you're using the best rod choice out there, Leviathan Rods. Right, so for the first uh, first little section of the, of the Halloween special here, we've got uh, what are they called? Are they called UAPs now? Un- unidentified or UPAs? They're not UFOs anymore. They've changed the name of them. But got a little classic UFO story here coming from uh, from SoCal. We have Mr. Kyle Gracely, uh, Mr. Yep. Levi Jones, and Mr. Corey Duncan. Um, so uh-huh. kind of just to lay it out from from what I know, they were just fishing down in SoCal, like on the salt and. And they saw some wicked stuff, so I'll let uh, I'll let one of them take over, and we're gonna not necessarily keep it short, but we're gonna keep it to a time time manner, and uh, we're gonna let them elaborate and kind of explain what they saw that night, and we'll we'll kind of have have a little like powwow at the end and talk about uh, what what they think it was, what I think it was, and we'll uh, we'll go from there, and hopefully, um, they had said that there was actually a news um a news not clipping, what the hell would that be like a little news um geez. Just a story. story. Yeah, story, yeah. story ran, whatever, um, on the on the news. So Levi, we're gonna try to find that, and we'll play if we can find it. You guys will hear it after this little story. If not, you guys are gonna have to be uh, just just believe us, I guess. So I don't know which one of you guys wants to start off with the story first, but the floor is yours. Uh, I mean, I can kind of say why I was in San Diego visiting. Oh yeah, yeah um, and then we can go from there. So I was. It was my fortieth birthday, and I went with uh, my wife and my family um, and we had a uh, uh, Airbnb right on the beach in Carlsbad. So, you know, I jumped on social media and I was like, Hey, anyone want to fish while I'm out here, blah, blah, blah. And Kyle and Corey hit me back and they came down. We fished, uh, what was it? Dixon. Yeah. We fished Dixon. Fished Dixon for a few hours. And then we went down back down by Carlsbad and uh, we were fishing one of the lagoons right there by my Airbnb trying to catch some, some uh some sand bass and uh i think kyle i think you were the only one that caught anything in the lagoon right. but and then Corey like starts saying hey guys look at look at look at over there what is that <laughs> and then from there it was just like it was just weird so if strange. you guys want to expand yeah I, I just remember you know i i remember we were fishing there and there were i mean it, it like you said it was tough i think i had caught the one fish i mean i think there was a couple of bites but it wasn't really anything and I remember looking up thinking like, maybe I'm just tripping because I'm seeing these orange lights just like in the sky and I'm kind of looking at Corey and he's looking at me and then he goes, do you guys see that? And I just <laughs> remember being like, dude, thank goodness, bro. Cause I thought I was crazy. Like I didn't know what I was looking at. So you it know? started Corey, right? It started with like four or five individual, like they looked like almost like when a firework goes orbs. off they were stationary yeah like a orange and then flashlight they were almost. like like a flare yeah, yeah. up in the sky way out kind of like the ocean. flare but yeah and they kept moving 
they were stationary and then they moved side to side and up and down. And then we looked it up and it said something about people thinking that might have been flares from other times. But flares don't move like that. Mm-hmm. Well, not only that. Yeah, and you know, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I, I was just going to say, not only that, they don't, you know, you're not going to sit there and stare at them for at least an hour and a half or longer, you know? Right. It's like, you know, so it, yeah, it, it flares fizzle out. And it was like stationary. What would you guys say? Like, if you're looking, I don't know how far away they would have been because we had no reference point, but it was I mean, over probably the ocean. Out, like, it looks like it was almost like for anybody who lives like you're, you know, or knows SoCal, it was probably about where San Clemente is. Um, and it was out, you know, I mean, it, not, not exactly where that is, but as far as like distance from the beach where it was, you know, it was probably 30 miles, 30, 40 miles from the beach. And they were just, and you it, know, and it couldn't have been drones, right? Cause you're not allowed to fly drones cause of the base. Right. 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 And so there's a, there's a military base, right? It, is it camp Pen- Pendleton? Pendleton? Yeah. It's camp Pendleton. There, yeah. Huh. So and, you're not allowed to fly. It's a no fly zone mm-hmm. for and, for drones. So that's not a, a so, uh, an answer, right? And that you know, it, it we, they for sure wasn't drones. It wasn't you know. And then Corey, you have an app on your phone, right? That shows like you, fly, you know if you it, can it, see different planes, see what planes are flying and where they're going oh, yeah. and all that. Look, sometimes it shows military stuff. Sometimes it doesn't. But looked on there, nothing. Like, it was. I don't know what the hell this thing is. <laughs> yeah, and, and then the and, four lights that were kind of in a square pattern, or yeah, oh, they were kind dude, of in a square pattern. One would fade out, and then three would turn into a perfect triangle. Yeah, for was, like ten minutes. Right. Yeah, that's that's crazy. And then crappy video of it somewhere. It was I was just gonna say, I think Corey has a good video too on it. I mean, it's it's pretty good for. For you know, for most right. UFO videos, it's black outside, no light. And yeah, you can it, see it them, but wasn't it wasn't Starlink? Because because that's the thing, people will post like you know, oh my gosh, what is this? And you see like those twenty lines in a row, but those those lines and dots are moving, and there will be five hundred comments that say, oh, that was just Starlink. You know, they were just right. shooting those up. It that was not was not the case with this. No, and I've no. seen Starlink here in Arizona. I've seen it twice now. Uh huh. And it's a perfect line. It it's like, like a row. And it, and it, yeah, and it, you're right. It's moving because it, like, you look away for 20 minutes and then it's gone out of sight again. Dude. And this <laughs> was, it was, it was like out on the horizon. You could hear the swells of the ocean because they were just over the road from the lagoon we were on. And you look out towards open ocean and it was way out there. And it would it would modify its shape. It was so weird. And it would like if you looked at it constantly, it would almost turn from like four or five dots into the three dots in a perfect triangle. And you wouldn't even notice it was like so slow and so like right. Calm. It, was it was just Dude, really strange. I just remember Levi looking over to me and he's like, This is normal for California. <laughs> <laughs> So it was, it was uh, very. There's no explanation I, that I can think of. Right. It, yeah. 
Well, and then, you know, on top of that, and and uh, and I was telling a couple people about this. I, I went to a wedding pretty shortly after, you know, and this is after we had seen the news article that some people thought it was flares, but then it wasn't flares. And then Pendleton said it wasn't them, you know. And so, like, I was at a wedding and happened to run into a guy who works down at Pendleton. And, you know, he wouldn't tell me he wouldn't tell me anything. But I told him, I said, so for sure it wasn't Pendleton, right? He said, it was not Pendleton. I can tell you that for sure. You know, and I said, well, what was it? And he was like, you, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it seems like there, there is this idea of what it was, but there was no, not even, it, there was, I mean, I couldn't even come close to cracking the guy um, and getting any information. So was, was this uh, by chance uh, like June 28th, the last year? Yeah, because I was there from the 24th to like the 30th for my birthday. Okay, I just pulled up, <clears throat> excuse me, I just pulled up a, uh, like an actual news article, not like a video. Um, uh, Gunlock told ABC News that he did a double take around 9 p.m. on Monday night, noticing strange bright lights far off the coast. He explained that he lives right near the airport in the area, so there's always planes and lights near his home. However, he said there was something different about the lights he saw off the coast. At 9.55 p.m., Gunlock tweeted multiple floating lights over the ocean, very still, very bright, orange-reddish light. Parents, oh, patterns of 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, alongside a video of distant blinking lights. Gunlock said that the Twitter post quickly gained views, and other San Diego locals acknowledged the lights and wondering what they, what they were. Uh, quote, it was a super crazy night, super fun, super fun to connect with San Diego, Gunlock told ABC News. Gunlock added, blah, 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 blah. All I want to... All I wanted to know is what's going on, he said. It had to be miles and miles off the coast. It was burning extremely bright. When Gunlock heard the lights were from military heard that the lights were from military exercise, he says that it made sense and they weren't from the airport. Oh wait. <clears throat> uh hold on, just trying to skim through this here. Right, so so, so then, that's what so I was then, then, comment. There's yeah. a couple of news articles that say it was from Pendleton and that it had only lasted for 30 minutes and it was for sure flares. And then there's others of them that say that, that actually confirmed that it was not Pendleton. Yeah. The news yeah. report that they showed the next day said that they had confirmed that Pendleton said it wasn't them. And so after we were at the lagoon, I went back to my Airbnb and I grabbed my wife and kid. And then it was like an hour later, we had been seeing them and we came, they came out and they saw them too. Yeah. I, so I actually just found the wrong. YouTube video right now. Okay. Yeah. Right here. So the, this, uh, CBA, CBS eight San Diego posted this video and then it says, according to San Diego PD lifeguards, say that there were military flares, but Camp Pendleton and the NAS North Island say they have no idea what the lights were. Right. That's crazy. It was, dude, it was bright. Like, like that guy wrote in the news article. I mean, it, it really was bright enough that like, you know, I was, I remember telling Corey, I'm like, dude, this has got to be like a helicopter or something. And that's when he pulled out on his phone and was like, oh, let me go look, you know? And that you know he's like nothing's coming up on the flight radar thing. I mean, it was a it was a trip. That's for sure. Yeah, dude, that that's crazy. Um, how, so just kind of to hear you guys' preference, we'll start with Corey, go with Levi, then uh, go with Kyle. What's your guys' take then? It would be, like, 
I guess before seeing that, did you ever consider there to be aliens? You know, if, if this was, you know, a UFO, we'll just go on speculation here. And then after this encounter, did you think like, oh my gosh, you know, maybe, maybe there is something else out there? I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me. There's so many planets, the world's huge, you know, yeah. it goes on yeah. for a long time. It wouldn't surprise me if there was something somewhere. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I've uh, come to conclude. Levi, what do you think? Yeah, I'm in the the same boat, honestly. Like, obviously, I can't confirm anything, right. um, but seeing weird things that you can't explain definitely will be somewhat of a confirmation, in my <laughs> opinion. Um, it, it it doesn't even need to necessarily be aliens to be a UFO. I'll still use the term. Right. Um, it was it it was unexplained and it's still unexplained in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know, I've heard lots of stories of guys in Arizona out in the desert, you know, driving from a lake back to town or whatever it may be and and see some really you know stuff that's teetering on that point of like well, what do you think that was, dude? Like I'm not crazy, right? You saw that too, kind of you know exactly what you guys just explained just now. Right. You know, I, I would have, uh, you know, if it would have been super quick or something, I, I probably wouldn't even have thought anything about it. But the fact that it kind of got dismissed so quickly, I agree with both Corey and Levi. There's there's no way of denying that it was some kind of unidentified, you know, something. Yeah. Um, or maybe it was and we just will never know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. That's that that's that's where I'm at with it. Strange. Yeah, I will say um, <clears throat> I'm secretly like very into the UFO stuff. I, I really enjoy hearing about it and, re- and reading and listening about it. And there's like reports of like, you know, it's pretty open that there is, you know, whatever somebody isn't laying claim to what these are, if they are somebody else's a country's or ours or whatever. But there's reports of like some crazy stuff. I don't know if you guys have ever heard. But Camp Pendleton, uh, Pendleton, whatever, how the hell you say it. So, like, yeah. in 2010, they upgraded all their radars on all their jets and stuff. And you'd always see something, like, really random, like, when they were flying, you know, 20, 30 miles off the coast. And they, they got all these new radars in their jets. And they're flying around. And then all of a sudden, you're seeing these oh. random blips out at, like, 40 miles away. And then, you know, all of a sudden, two, three minutes later, it's, like, right next to you. And, like, there's just, like, these, like, clear you know, squared orbs and, and guys like have no idea what they are. And they'd come home, they'd come back to base and they'd get debriefed about it. And, and there's an interview and this guy's like, yeah, it's just kind of something that, you know, once, once the new technology came in, it wasn't uncommon to see, like before you were kind of considered crazy if you saw it. Cause you know, nobody else was seeing it, but he's like, it got to be super common. He's like more than half the times you were flying out there. You were, you were running across something like this or something that was, very hard to explain on the radar that wasn't another jet or another plane in your area. So he's like, yeah, I, there's definitely something out there that, that nobody really knows about what or what's going on. Well, Corey, you told me about that Tic Tac thing, right? Is that? Yeah. That yeah. yeah. Frazier, I what, Tic Tac and like I what year that was, but I think it was more recent than that. I think it was 10 years ago or something like that. Maybe, maybe. maybe. I know there's one, I think it was in uh, South Carolina. Somewhere yeah. back or Virginia, somewhere or where it was exactly, but same kind of thing. Seeing stuff, and the guy said it was just floating. Yeah, you know, airspeed. I mean, it was 130 mile an hour winds, and this thing's just perfectly stationary, not tilting to the side at all, just sitting 
Perfect. And then is that the one that normal. disappears, like disappears into the water, like just fucking just vanishes? Uh, I I don't remember. I think it I've is. Heard sure. one, Adrian. Yeah, I heard of that, and it barely made a splash or anything. It was just gone. Yeah, yeah. and then there's like there's stories of guys like. You know, obviously, um, like when they're training and stuff, they they go through scenarios and like they have like the mission plans and like once the mission is complete, they have like uh, coordinates to meet back up, like and and you know reassemble like the squadron of all the jets and stuff. And they talk about how like they'll be you know twelve miles away and they'll just be getting done with the mission and they've got to go meet back up and like they'll see the tic tac and then boom, you know, a snap of a finger and it shows that the tic tac is at the coordinates that they have to meet at, you know, 12 miles away. And it just made it over there in, in no time. And so like, I don't know, man, like there's another one where they talk about how, um, like during the cold war, when, when the U S and Russia would fly around with nukes and stuff, there's reports of stuff like flying next to them and they have no idea what it was. And the speculation kind of was like, these things were flying because they knew what was on board. Like they knew they could fucking wipe off the wipe off, like everything on the earth. And they were kind of like the, the notion was that they were there to make sure nothing crazy happened. Like that, you know, life didn't kill everything on it. And so like they started running experiments. Like they said that they were doing this all the way up to like the nineties. They would have like legitimate nukes on these planes, flying them around, trying to like lure these things in and try to find out what the hell they were. Huh? I've, ne- I've never heard that, but that's crazy. I believe it. Yeah, I'll, have to, I'll have to find uh, the podcast where they talk about it. And then, like, Russia, there's, like, a couple of countries that have claimed to shoot stuff down, like, within recent years. And then, um, oh, what was I going to say? Uh, there was something else that was kind of crazy where, like, I think, like, almost every country in the world has, like, come to the conclusion that, yeah, there's there's stuff lying around that nobody knows what the hell it is. Yeah, that's a trick. That, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It's it's crazy. Like if you think about it, it's it's wild that you know, uh, on paper having having the biggest air force in the world, and you have no idea what's flying around up there with you. Like that that is so crazy to think about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's and like you see all these uh, all these commercial pilots too, same stuff, and they would yeah yeah they'd get all weird about it, so they wouldn't say anything. And yeah, because they didn't want to get no, fired. More recently, a lot more commercial pilots, a lot more military pilots. Have been, oh yeah, I saw this, or we see these all the time, and no idea what they are, just ignore them, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, crap, I had it in the back of my head again. Um, oh, I guess the one, like the one thing that people kind of talked about, like kind of the conclusion <laughs> of like. So imagine, like, you're in an art fair and, like, you're told that you have to raise up this ant farm for, like, a year. People, people like, talk about, like, that's what they think this is. Like, like some aliens drop some people off on the earth and, and they just come stop by and, and watch what we're doing to see if we're going to kill everybody or, or however. What, just what's going on down here and try to figure out what the hell, like, why we're thinking and why we're doing this stuff. Which, like, thinking about it it's like wow like that's a crazy thing to think about science experiment thing or what yeah yeah like they're just like oh like let's just put reality tv let's see how long it takes them to reach like our level of being type thing or just a snow globe on an alien's desk all right for real just a science experiment you know dude that's That's crazy it's weird to think about you yeah, dude, it it is it is uh it's very very crazy to to think about. Levi, how close are you to uh, Roswell in New Mexico? Are you pretty close to it? Or are you pretty far? 
Um, I think I can. I think it's probably five, four, five, six hours maybe from me. Hmm. It's further south down there by um, White Sands, I think. Okay. Uh, Have you ever seen anything driving from like Arizona to Texas or anywhere out there? Anything crazy mm -hmm. that that maybe isn't to the extent of of the story you guys just told, but is like, huh? I wonder. I wonder what that was. No. So I mean. Not necessarily while driving, but when I lived out in Texas, we went to Big Bend, and we saw the Marfa lights out there. That's pretty wild. Those are also unexplained lights out there way out in the middle of nowhere, Texas, and Marfa. What is that? And, like, Marfa's this crazy little town, and it's all aliens. Like, every gas station has alien memorabilia and UFO stuff, and it's the Marfa lights, M-A-R-F-A. Pretty famous. Huh. Oh. <clears throat> I will say another thing that that pilots. Um, are you guys familiar with jets at all? Like, if I name a jet, like, are you guys, for sure. <laughs> like uh, the SR seventy one Blackbird. It was a jet that was made in like the sixties or seventies, and it's like it still holds the record for the fastest, fastest, you know, uh, recognizable jet. And um, they like these guys who would test fly these jets in the 60s and 70s, you know, they were, you know, probably out on Area 51 or wherever they'd fly it out in the middle of the desert. And they talk about like you'd be flying around, you know, super quiet jet and it's moving super fast. You'd be flying around and you'd see a campfire in the middle of the middle of the desert. And these guys would would like do a cir- a huge circle and they'd kind of corkscrew down to them and they'd turn off their afterburner. So it was really quiet and they'd get like right above right above the campsite and they would just hammer the hammer the engines so you would just see a fucking just blue light appear and then it would just be fucking gone because it would go it would take off so fast and they're like and yeah you'd you'd get back you'd you'd fly back to the base that night and and you'd sit around and then you'd wait in the morning and and you'd hear people calling calling 911 saying they saw a ufo and it was just us out there fucking around with them because they had no idea what we were flying 50 60 years ago (laughs) that's so funny (laughs) That is actually that. That's pretty funny, bro. dude. He said they used to that's do that awesome. all the time. So like, that's like that's like, I would not be surprised if there was other stuff out there. But I also wouldn't be surprised if it was us or somebody else that just has something, you know, with how much money gets dumped into it. That's just something so crazy, unbelievable. It's kind of like. You know, the next person that makes it, okay, it's like the DRT sock bait. Like, it's literally something so unbelievable, you have no idea how to comprehend it. I feel like that, if that's, like, a person that made that, that's exactly what it is. We have no idea how to comprehend what it is because there's nothing else like it that we've right. ever seen before. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember when that, uh, when, that, when that bait first hit the market, I remember, I remember calling Corey and being like, bro, what is this? but it looks cool now i mean now you know now i'm with it but like you said at first yeah it's It's like so far gone yeah it's i i i I don't know it's really tough to say maybe somebody who's listening dude maybe somebody who's listening was out on the east coast and is seeing something like that and he'd be like oh man this is you know i was i was five six hundred miles away from a military base and i saw it so what does that what does that mean type thing you would think if it was something that we're making or if it was only us maybe okay maybe it's something that we're making but they're seeing them everywhere you know yeah yeah all, all over the world sees weird shit so that kind of kind of makes it seem a little more believable maybe it's not something that we've made you know yeah yeah dude it's uh 
it's an interesting it's an interesting time especially with all the stuff that's come out and like how they've like publicly accepted it and kind of talked about it a little bit and you know they have those like every couple months and you know they they spill a little bit or they talk about a little bit about it but it's never anything that they like you know it's almost like they're trying to keep it in as much as they can and they're just trying to like throw breadcrumbs to like kind of keep people like at bay like oh okay yeah they're saying ufos are real but you know they might not be saying the full extent of what they know <laughs> well did you guys see that thing that thing down in mexico or whatever it was my my wife was talking with me about it a little bit but it was like something about i don't know they had some meeting about like an alien thing and i thought it was a total joke did you guys oh, see that the skeleton that yeah, skeleton that thing. Thing. yeah. I was like, what? yeah i did see that <laughs> I, I, I read I, somewhere that that same guy that had that that brought that to Mexico, the you know government there, had done something like that a few years ago, and it was a a mummified little kid or something that they thought might have been an alien or same <laughs> same sort of thing, looked kind of like that, but it ended up being a human. But oh, really? Something weird. Yeah. Well, oh man, just uh, crazy. You know, and, and this is this is excuse me, this is the first like section of, of this episode. And you know, ghosts ghosts are interesting, but like I I really find the most interesting like in the UFO stuff because you know there there's no answer to it. Nobody knows. You know, people people say they know, which I guess is the same thing like with the ghosts and, and, and stuff like that, but it's like you know, getting you know, there's not many ghosts on camera type thing, but there's stuff that people don't know what the hell it is on camera. And that, I think that's what like makes me so interested in it is because like you see physical evidence that like makes you hold on to that idea. Like, Oh my gosh, you know, maybe, maybe there is a bunch of, you know, silver orbs flying around up there that I can't explain, but I, I see them. So that must mean that there's something that I can't explain up there. Right. There yeah, I agree. It's strange. You know, hey, what, what, what went from supposed to be in a good time for fishing turned out to be not so good fishing into that so, yeah, yeah and, uh, first-hand you know. ufo experience <laughs> yeah. it's crazy you don't expect it i'm definitely a fan of the bigfoot stuff too we went to uh when i was living in texas we went out to sam rayburn lake and there's some crazy deep dense thick woods and it's kind of like that place marfa there's some gas stations and stuff with bigfoot memorabilia and it's uh that's that's intriguing to me there's some crazy stories from up in the northwest and yeah i mean even russia crazy there's uh there's guys who talk about it i I, like people i've talked to where they're talking about like they're night fishing for steelhead or salmon or whatever and then all of a sudden they just start getting rocks thrown at them like big big rocks thrown at them and stuff like from the woods dude just talking about that oh my gosh i'm getting like i said i'm getting i'm getting i don't know bumps i don't know heebie-jeebies something yeah (laughs) yeah that's a trip. I don't know. Like, I, I was just talking to somebody today. This guy told me he walks, like, 30 miles or something round trip to his fishing spot. Like, in the middle of the woods. There's no, like, paved anything. Hell no, dude. You know Ain't no way I'm doing that. But no, thank you, bro. I'm good. Yeah, I would yeah. not do that either. Not I, at night, I, at least, I especially. For every other reason in the world, I wouldn't do it. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Piss on that, man piss on that well i uh i hope you know we're recording this and i don't know exactly who else i'm going to talk to but i hope i get another ufo one because the ufo ones like i said are fun they're the most fun ones i think but i know we've got a couple ghost ones uh maybe some bigfoot ones um 
like I said, a hand, handful of ghost ones, different ghost experiences. So I want to thank you gentlemen for coming on and trying to explain the unexplainable and what you guys saw. And, and like I said, I think I found, um, if that video I found earlier has audio, then I will, uh, figure out how to plug that audio in here. And you guys will hear, uh, like the, I think it was like a minute or two minute snippet of what the news was saying. And, uh, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe someday somebody will be listening to this and they'll be like, Oh yeah, that was the, you know, 40 years down the road. Somebody will be like, Oh yeah, that was the jet that they were working on, you know, 60 I years ago. The, the multiple jets that broke up from two to eight. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Personal, like flying cars or something. <laughs> Just some buddies out for a cruise and they're flying cars. Yeah, it was the Jetsons putzing around yeah, out there. Totally. <laughs> oh man, I know I have, I know I have video of it somewhere. I just gotta find it. Oh, I've oh, got yeah, the man. video too that Corey sent me. Well, yeah, I, was gonna say, I think I think uh, okay, cool. Kyle, I think you sent me that video. I'll see if my phone still has yeah, it on there. But I'll, uh, I'll, I'll maybe. Maybe what I'll do is when I make this post, I will try to uh, – I'll include that in the post. Like I'll have a video slide on the post of, of what you guys saw. Cool. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Like a yeah, screenshot. That, that's, what we'll do. that's what we'll do. And then um, – so we'll do we'll – do, we'll try to do the news audio if we can find it after this. And then we'll also do um, – when we post the little show episode thing, we'll, we'll post a video of the, uh, of the unexplainable flares that were sitting in the air for two hours at a time. Dude, <laughs> nice. Yeah. It was a trip. Oh, yeah, anyway, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, dude. I'm glad yeah, I got to talk to you It was a good first section, and I'm, uh, I'm excited to hear what the rest of this episode has to have. Knocking on wood right now, I've got some people that reach out to me about seeing UFOs or something crazy like that. But thank you, guys. Um, so we'll, we'll, I guess, I don't know. I don't know, really know how to say this, but I guess you guys will be hearing the next one right after this. Three words. Lake Pro Tackle. Lake Pro Tackle has all the fishing equipment you need to have success on the water. Friends of the podcast will receive 15% off their order with code SCALES at checkout. On their website, you can find exclusive and rare baits as well as rods and reels to have that dream combo. Check out their social media pages for constant updates with new arrivals. Lastly, orders over $50 get free fast shipping. Remember to use code SCALES, all cap locks, to save 15% off on your orders at lakeprotackle.com. A vast majority of double-digit bass caught in Mexico are caught out of two lakes, Lake Bacharac and Lake El Salto. Josh Daniels Pro Bass Adventures Mexico is the only outfitter in Mexico with lodges on both of these trophy lakes. For an experience like no other, call Pro Bass Adventures, 480-491-9300 or probassadventures.com. We are Mexico Fishing. Staring at that peanut butter and jelly like a largemouth staring at a dollar store worm? Then it's time to upgrade your snackuation. Meat Crafters line of handmade, small batch, pre-sliced salami and charcuterie make the perfect base for your weekend snackle box. Fill a Plano 3600 with an assortment of Meat Crafters old world style salami and charcuterie and you're sure to become the boat ramp champ. Listeners of Scales and Tails can use Scales and Slices at checkout on MeatCrafters.com to save yourself 10% off your cart. The code can be used as many times as you want so you'll never run out of fuel in your pursuit of giants. The next time you reach into the fridge to load up your boat cooler, skip the fish food and grab a stack of Meat Crafters pre-sliced snacks. They are guaranteed to exceed your PB. Alrighty guys, back with our with our next Halloween special uh, spooky story here. This one coming from another bait maker, so we just heard from uh, Kyle Gracely and those guys talking to... Uh, Josh Plates from Clutch Swim Bait Co. over there in Missouri. I'm sure you guys are familiar with him. You know, you got the darter, the OG, and and the boss, and, and those baits. And Josh has got a story. So Kyle, Levi, and Corey had seen uh, UFOs, and now Josh is going to kind of touch on the other side of that uh, unexplainable, you know, slash paran or paranormal side of things. And 
You know, like I said, I believe in aliens. Ghosts are like a thing I believe in, but it just, it just, I don't know, man. It's it's a really weird concept to get your head around and like understand because like I feel like people write stuff off that can go under like being paranormal just kind of write it off as you know xyz but with what you got like what i've heard from you is is kind of interesting so let's let's talk about what you're going through and then we'll kind of elaborate or i'll ask some questions uh further down the line here yeah so we moved into a new shop um what was that back around end of june first of july and we've been kind of hunting around for a shop for a while and not really finding what we were exactly looking for. And one of my buddies that runs a jig manufacturing company in Kansas City called Motion Fishing reached out to me. He's like, hey, man, there's this one side of this one tackle shop that it goes unused. Uh, does that sound like something that you'd be interested in going in with me? And like, we'll just take up that whole other side of that space. I'm like, sure, that sounds great. Well, a little backstory on this shop. It's really old. Well, maybe not really, really old, but made around the 40s, 50s, somewhere in there. It's a very old building. Um, And the move, it was just an absolute dump on one side. And they got it completely gutted. Walls painted up, new lights hung up. It's like night and day difference from what it was. Anyway, a couple weeks into being there, like, I'd, I'd noticed something. I'm like, man, is that... Look like there was a shadow right there. Like, shadow, uh, you'd see something out of the corner of your eye. You'd hear a door, like, creaking or something. And you're like, man, that's kind of weird. And finally, one day, like, after something happened, I brought it up to the guys at the shop. I'm like, hey. Because we got me, Bobby, and one other guy that were working up there at the time. I was like, hey, you guys, have you guys been, like, hearing anything or, like, seeing stuff? And they're like, dude, I didn't want to say anything, but yeah. So, like, we've, <laughs> we've been here. Like, and it's just kept getting gradually more and more and more intense. Like the doors that were just slowly creaking would all of a sudden just kind of not slam, but like, like it, it noticeable sound. Um, we'd see shadows moving in like different areas of the shop. Um, there's one time in particular, I remember walking into the shop first thing in the morning, it's dark outside. Uh, I go there's not a light on in the shop and all of a sudden like there's this bright flash just out in the middle of everything um just really crazy stuff we saw some orbs moving and everything like that and uh we asked the guy that had been working at the tackle shop side for a while i was like hey have you guys experienced anything over there and they're like oh it's happening to you too <laughs> and we're like <laughs> uh yeah we've, we've had some stuff happen he's like well the old owners of the building they used to live in the other side and back in the early 90s the main owner who was living in that other side drank himself to death was in some severe depression stuff uh ended up drinking himself to death in our office which was crazy because like in the office it just kind of has this weird like feel to it Mm -hmm. it's a little bit dimmer it's got a weird like echo in there and you can just tell it's just holding some weird just like heaviness to the air if that makes sense at all oh yeah it's just it's strange um yeah come to find out that in early 90s guy died in our office like all right well that must be it and then and come to find out that the guy was like really into fishing and stuff and like we hadn't had anything really negative happen to us in 
those first couple weeks. Like everything seemed like, yeah, we'd have stuff happen, but everything seemed pretty positive. It's almost like uh, it was trying to like show you it was there type stuff. Yeah. Show, show us it was there and show that it was like, since he enjoyed fishing, like, and we were obviously making fish lures and everything. He, he seemed like it, we were thinking that it was very positive. Yeah. Um, never had any negative feelings at all when it comes to that stuff. It just, it was always a positive force. Like, oh, there's dude in there. Yeah. He's, just haunting the place cool whatever uh because i mean as long as you're not causing any damn damage as long as you're not ripping baits off the wall i don't care like right yeah we're cool we're yeah. cool man you don't yeah. even have to pay rent <laughs> yeah exactly just he's our little buddy that just kind of watches after the shop well a couple weeks after that things kind of started getting a little bit darker maybe i guess you could say um thing nothing was really moved but like they started it started messing with us and like there there's one time in particular i remember i was clear coating bait and i was the only one in the shop and i'm sitting there i'm working late trying to get stuff done and like all of a sudden i just felt something like it was almost like someone breathing on your neck mm -hmm. does that make sense oh yeah yeah it was almost like someone kind of like was breathing on my neck and i turn around to look and no one's there I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird. I mean, I've I go back to clear coating, and uh, I've got my headphones in, and all of a sudden, like, not thirty seconds later, the music in my headphones starts really slowing down. Like, it goes from like normal speed to like half speed, then back up to full speed, then back down to half speed, and then all of a sudden, like, my headphones just died. So low battery and dead. Okay, so I turned my headphones back on. They're obviously they were fully charged. Um, so I'm like, okay, that was weird. Kept going. About five minutes later, same kind of deal happened. I could feel someone like they're almost breathing on my neck. All the hairs on my arms would stand up. I had goosebumps really bad, and my headphones just went low battery and dead. And at that point, I kind of turned to where I felt like someone was standing it felt it literally felt like someone was standing there and i said please leave me alone i've got to finish my job and it left left me alone for about 20 to 30 minutes didn't have anything happen and after that 20 30 minutes came back same thing happened headphones died hair standing up on the back of my neck turn around and i said all right you've got to leave me alone i've got to get my stuff done and then i'll leave you alone Mm -hmm. And that was the last I heard from it that day. Um, we asked the person that had been there a while the next day. We're like, hey, this is kind of kind of weird. We at this time, this was before we were getting our paint booth or spray booth and everything set up. So we'd be basically outside clear coating. Um, we asked him, like, hey, this happened last night. Do you know anything like what? It, it definitely just felt like a different kind of energy than what was there before and he goes oh well back in 2011 the tackle shop used to sell guns and a guy came in purchased a gun and then killed himself in the parking lot with it not five minutes later and he's like it's probably him it's like all right well that's deeper like that that's that's crazy <laughs> like now that's that doesn't sound very positive so uh yeah that happened um 
But yeah, man, it's just crazy stuff like that's happened. Uh, like the radio in the shop, same thing like what happened with my headphones. Just all of a sudden I'd be playing music and then all of a sudden just whoop, whoop, slows way, way down. And there's nothing really that we can explain it. Like it doesn't matter whose phone's on the music. It just, it does it from time to time. Um, we have seen a little bit of a decrease in activity lately. There's been less flashes of light, less little balls of light moving through the shop, less shadows, less weird feelings. But uh, yeah, it, it was kind of freaky. Oh, and then also, I guess uh, there was a guy that was high on meth that was back in the worm, what used to be the old worm room, which was one of the corners of our shop. He was high on meth and lost his mind. And I believe he's still in a mental institution to this day. So oh my I don't God, know if that caused dude. a ghost, but. Yeah, guy losing his mind on meth in a worm room probably doesn't add too much positive Dude, energy. It's so crazy. We got two and a half more years on the lease, so that'll be fun. <laughs> Damn, dude. I guess, did have you had any paranormal experiences like outside of this, like when you were growing up or anything, or is this a first yeah. for you? Yeah, I've, I've, I've had several things happen in the past. I used to work at a uh, Catholic hospital in the food service department when I was in high school. Oh my gosh, and, that sounds uh, terrible. Yeah, it, it was a very, very haunted hospital. And I mean, there I'd have there'd be lights flying over the top of your head sometimes when you're walking down a hallway. There's rumors of nurses that would get in a uh, elevator, like be like, "Oh, there's someone in there, cool." And they stand in the elevator, and by the time they got two floors down, that person's just gone. Um, probably the most intense time from working in the hospital. I think I brought something home with me one time. Um, cause there was one morning I was getting ready for work, for work, uh, taking a shower, jumped out, looked at myself in the mirror and like, I was just like white. Like I looked like I had no pigment in my skin at all. And I was like, that's kind of weird. And then all of a sudden, like outside the hallway, I heard someone just walking down the hallway, just two steps. Oh, hell just, no, dude. Hell no. <laughs> and I was like, Okay. Is, is someone up like what's what's going on and the footsteps stopped right outside the bathroom and i was like well i mean i can either just stay in here or be a man and open it up and see who's looking at or who's outside the bathroom so i slowly open up the door and there's just no one there dude it ain't just, no it's way quiet. dude it's crazy. And, well, it gets crazier so i'm like just looking out there looking down the hallways and stuff and then all of a sudden i felt something hit me in the chest and I just lost my wind. Like, I could not breathe. Like, I couldn't breathe in, couldn't breathe out. I was just stunned for a solid 30 seconds. And finally kind of got my breath back and got ready for work. And that kind of stuff never happened again there. But, yeah, that was that was probably the craziest paranormal experience I've had. Damn, but, dude, that that's yeah. crazy. So I'll be honest, I'm surprised there's not anything of that sorts that has happened like at the place that I live, like the apartment complex mm -hmm. I live, because it's an old, um, it's an old, uh, uh, what's it called, um, silk mill from the, uh, it was built in the early 1800s. It's an old brick building. It's it's a yeah. pretty massive brick building. There's like 70 units in here, and you know, being around from the early 1800s, you have, like, you have to imagine something crazy has happened here. Yeah. Well, and... I mean, it seems like a lot of times with that stuff, like, it seems like the people that are, like, blatantly, like, 
say or saying out loud to their friends and stuff like messing around like oh yeah there's i don't believe in that stuff there's no way that's you stuff lower happens. your voice they're gonna like hear you those, and i'm i'm not gonna be able yeah. to sleep tonight that's that's you when usually when people are saying that that's when people start experiencing stuff like i remember at like the hospital when i was working i was like i don't believe in that stuff no that's not real at all well it started happening <laughs> you'd, you'd see something every once in a while you're like okay that was that was weird yeah, but. dude, screw that. I, so where I grew up, um, or where where I worked up in Traverse City, there is an old. Uh, it was the big, to my knowledge, it was the biggest uh, men, mental institution um, back back when they were open and stuff. Obviously, and now it is closed down, boarded up, hasn't been opened in you know fifty, sixty years. Whenever they close those down in Michigan. And apparently that is, there's that, and then there's like an enclosed bridge in Michigan. And those are like the two most haunted places. And those uh, old mental institutions are. Yeah, dude. Like, like, like crazy. Dude, that's one thing I absolutely enjoy on YouTube is like the urban explorer stuff. When people go into like Mm -hmm. all the old schools and stuff like that, the hospitals and there's all like the, uh, like all the belt, like the chairs with the belts on where people like, dude, that stuff is absolutely crazy. It's, it's crazy to think that. That was just like kosher at, at some point in time to to do that to people. Yeah, and there's there's one time uh, back in high school and stuff. You're all kind of cruising around places and stuff. We were driving around like, oh, we can go drive next to the old. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was called. Uh, at this time, I was living in Kansas. It was like the Kansas State Hospital or something like that. Like, it, and there was like a sight cord there. We're all just kind of cruising around, and I'm driving, and I'm like, all right, we're going to keep moving here because, like, it's creepy. It's dark outside. Like, you're kind of freaked out a little bit. And one of my buddies goes, Josh, stop. No, I'm going to keep driving. He's like, Josh, stop. I was like, no. He goes, goes, Josh, look at that door. And I look over to my left, and there's, like, a white door with, like, a white outline, like, doorframe. And then standing in front of the door was just a gray shadow. And like you could see both arms, both legs, a head, and it was staring right at us. And I didn't stop. I just kept going. But like, yeah, it, it's, it's weird. Like, I, I don't know what it is, but like, it seems like I've had more than a couple experiences, like, just with the paranormal stuff. Like, I don't know if it just likes certain people more or what, but I... If that's the case, I'm definitely one that they they show themselves to. Cracks it. That's not great. <laughs> Man, so have you guys thought of of you know like burning burning sage or or anything like that in the place? Or now that it's kind of calmed down, is it that's kind of funny. on, the, ba- on um, the back of your mind? We uh, and maybe this has something to do with it. We threatened doing that. Um. And I actually, it's funny. Like I, I told my, I told my mom, I was like, "Hey, all this like paranormal stuff keeps happening at the shop because she loves that stuff." And she's like, "Oh, okay." And then next thing you know, she sends me just a couple bundles of sage in the mail. <laughs> I'm like, "Okay." And uh, like we were kind of joking around, so I was like, oh, "We'll have to burn that up here." Da 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 da. And ever since like we threatened that, everything's calmed down a lot. So mm. I don't know if they just don't want to leave or what or. But ever since we kind of had that conversation, that's really kind of the point that it, all that stuff just kind of stopped. It it still happens from time to time, but it was less, less prominent. Like we don't hear voices anymore. Like nothing like that. 
has, have you guys like hung out there like late at night, like around this hour for anybody? We're recording this uh, 7.30 EST, 8.30 uh or seven, seven, eight thirty my time, Eastern Standard Time. We'll just we'll stick with that. Have you guys yeah. been there like late at night trying to wrap stuff up, or maybe just even you yourself? Because that's when it seems like it's more, uh, uh, more ready to do something or or mess with you. I guess not a lot. Um, it seems like we're more, or at least I'm more of an early riser. Like I'll be up there super early, and like I generally okay. kind of come home for supper and just work mm-hmm. on CAD stuff, computer stuff at home in the evening. Um, I mean, we've, we've been up there a couple times and nothing really outside of that one time I was clear coding by myself, nothing really crazy was happening, but yeah. Andy, but, I mean, crazy. Did, did I talk about the, when I lost my dog? I don't think I told no. you. So, uh, this was a couple days after that clear code insta- instance. Um, and so, so dog, at this point in time, you had just gotten your puppy, right? Like he was, he was no, still a puppy puppy. No, this was, this was my old dog. Um, oh, okay. Okay. So yeah, it was only about a month or so after us moving into this new shop. Uh, my, my dog got really aggressive stomach cancer and had to be put down. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I do when I get faced with that kind of stuff is generally like, I like to try to occupy my mind. I like to try to keep busy. So like, we were trying to get a tackle warehouse order out. I, I, I just, I just felt like I needed to work. So I was up there working and, uh, I just, I, obviously you're, you're in a bad mental state. You just put your, your dog down. Like, like there, that's, that's one of the tough, in my opinion, that's one, or for me, that was one of the toughest losses ever. Oh, but, uh, but, uh, sitting there working and I've got the radio on and everything and I'm up there by myself and things, the radio just starts like, like we talked about before cutting half speed, getting super, super slow, then coming back. Um, that would happen probably every minute and a half to two minutes. Um, I try to turn it off, trying to turn it back on, restarting my phone, everything, trying to get this thing fixed and nothing I could do would fix it. Um, the doors were slamming pretty aggressively that day. Um, and I could just feel like my energy just being just drained. Like I, now again, part of that could have been back to the dog situation, but just energy just being completely drained out of me and, uh, went up to use the bathroom and stuff again, looked at myself in the mirror, pale white. And like, I sat back down to work and I, I literally felt like I was about to pass out. I was like, I've got to get out of here. So I just stand up and run outside to my truck and then just drive down the roadways. And I just finally get my bearings there. And I'm like, I think I'm done working for the day. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I've, from what I've heard, there's those kind of darker things can feed off you. And especially if you're in a bad mental state or feeling a lot of dread, they can yeah. really just kind of hone in on that. and. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's exactly what was happening or not, but it it was a crazy set of circumstances. We'll just put it that way. Damn, dude. But, and um, I I did not know. I at least I don't remember you telling me about the uh, the gun shop incident. I do not remember that part at all. Mm-hmm. So I mean, realistically, there could be two, and, and who knows? The one that was that, or the thing that was messing with you while you were clearing may have been, you know, that second story you told us and told us and not the first guy who 
who drank himself to death. Like, yeah. you know, the, the one, like you said, might not have just been cool or just been cool with you guys, you know, watching what you were doing, whatever, showing you that he was there and, and enjoyed it or whatever. And then the other one had a more you know, malicious intent or just wanted to scare mm-hmm. you or, or some sort of, some sort of thing like that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and there, there could be more there that we aren't completely aware of. Uh, yeah. Like there was one time, um, one of the high school kids that was helping me out this year, we were sitting over there putting eyes and tails on baits and uh, we heard something and I kind of like, I saw him perk up and I was like, okay, so he heard that too. I said, Hey, did you hear something? And he goes, I heard a little girl's voice. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I heard. Yeah, dude. I remember you talk, you tell me about that and like that makes Sorry, I had a phone call coming in. I wasn't sure. Oh, you're good. You're good. Yeah. No, that, uh, that but, makes uh, the back of my hair stand up. And we, the thing, like, I don't know where that would have came from. Like a little girl's voice, like that doesn't fit either of the stories that we heard. Um, that was the only time we've heard it. We've not heard anything else like that since. So I, I don't know, but. Man, I got so many stories. All the listeners are going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we we could go so much more into the weeds on some stuff, but uh we probably probably don't want to go too deep into it. We'll start we'll start going from more of a spooky Halloween stuff to more sad. So we definitely yeah, need to right. up But <laughs> yeah, dude, I mean just just hearing I mean I've heard this we've talked about this before uh via phone calls and stuff, but I'm glad you wanted to come on and talk about it because I mean, that's crazy. Um, this, just the only question I had for you, what year mm-hmm. was the building built? Was this built in like the 80s, 70s? Uh, I, I don't really know. Um, my guess is 40s, 50s. Oh, Maybe okay. it's in yeah. the 60s. I'm, I'm not sure. It's, I, I guess probably not the 40s. It's a, it's a metal building, so I, I don't know. Um, it's old. That's, that's it. It's just really, really old. Like, they still got a bunch of no. They don't have anything good. I've already checked. They've got a bunch of really old fish and stuff in there, kind of from the previous owner and stuff, and a bunch of really really old things uh, were in there that other or in our shop side before it got really cleaned out. So like, it's it's definitely very old. I would say absolute latest I'd say it got built was like early sixties. Damn, dude. Huh. Which I mean. So. It's an old building, but it's not like ridiculously old. Like, I mean, it's obviously had stuff happen in it. And, and, you know, like you said, there's probably stuff that you're unaware of that happened, you know, when it was first built or, you know, a handful of years, 20 years before you guys even know what happened in it last. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are probably thinking I'm full of crap. I saw this one study, what, or something on, the news a couple days ago where it said like over 50% of millennials think their houses are haunted. So I don't know. After saying that, I was like, am I really that crazy? And then like, I start thinking back to kind of some of the stuff that's happened. It's like, man, that's, that's not really anything we can explain. I think if there's multiple, um, you know, witnesses that, that have had stuff happen to them in the same building on top of, the people who who you share a wall with um, kind of recall similar things or or un you know unnatural yeah. things happening. Then it's kind of like okay, you know, which which maybe there was stuff that happened, and then like you have that you know it's kind of like you have that idea in your brain, and you feel like 
everything yeah. you know out of the quote unquote ordinary that happened, you you automatically think like, oh, this is you know this is uh, whoever whoever the the spirit is that's here, which you know could be the case, but it also you know absolutely could not be the case, and it could be a legitimate yeah. something crazy messing with you guys every time. And it's 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 I mean it is weird that every single person that's worked on that like worked on our side has experienced something. They've seen something move. They've experienced something since we've moved in there. And most, most like there may be one guy that only had one thing happen, but he wasn't there for that. So like everyone that's been there a while has had several things happen. Um, I guess I forgot to say this as well, but uh, so in between that one guy dying in the nineties mm-hmm. and us moving in, there were some people that, cause it was set up to live in that side. Um, there were some people living over there and they ended up breaking their lease because crazy things kept happening to them in the middle of the night. Yeah. I remember you telling me they about said, that too. They said, we're done. We're out. We're not, there, there's no chance we're staying in here anymore. Um, so Gosh. I'm not quite sure what they had happen, but of course we've found out about that. Well, after us moving. In. Right. Yeah. After you signed, after you inked but, the deal. <laughs> You know, you never learn about that stuff before you sign the lease. Like, right. <laughs> and you kind of feel crazy for asking. Like, you go to some some house or some shop or something like that and be like, is there anything, been any sort of like dark spirits around here? Has anyone experienced anything? Like, they're just going to look at you like you're crazy. So, oh, well, dude, that's how, that's how all those horror stories start. Some, some oh, rich yeah. family moves to the country and buys a big house and they sign the deals. And as the, uh, as the, retail uh, realtors walking out they say good luck and then they animate animate run into their car and you see the plume cloud go as they drive away yeah. and it's crazy stuff starts to happen yeah I'd, i i fully expected crazy stuff like that to happen after those those first couple months in the shop like i thought it was about to get really really bad and luckily it's kind of now that i say that it'll probably get worse but it seems like it's kind of calmed down a little bit so Oh dang, man! We'll uh, we'll have to. Uh, you'll have to keep me in the loop, and if anything uh, anything else happens after after this recording, and you know after this uh, episode goes public, I'll uh, I'll put some updates on my story for anybody wondering, or maybe oh, maybe we sure. can uh, do another episode or something to to pertain to this little branch yeah. off of it. You just need to come down to Missouri, and we'll have a late night podcast, like at oh twelve God, to three a.m., and we'll just record in there and just see what happens. Like light candles <laughs> and use like a use one yeah. of those uh, Ouija, Ouija boards. Board. Yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> oh man, I that mean, might. I'm never going to work again. That might be the only time I ever come down to Missouri <laughs> if something crazy happens after that. <laughs> oh man, yeah, but that'd be insane. Oh, Dude, screw that. But uh, Josh, thank <laughs> you for, for coming on and, and sharing this with us. Like I said, you and I have talked about this before on, on phone calls and everything. And uh, you were kind of the one who brought this idea for, for this uh, Halloween episode towards me. And you were like, oh, I, I have stories to tell. And I said, yes, you do. I definitely want to hear. I, I want you to talk about them on the podcast. So well, the main reason are. I sent you that text was because Rafa, me and yeah, Rafa right, was yeah. around uh, Rafa Swimbaits. Uh, is that the name of the company? Rafa? Yeah, yep. Yep. Yeah, Rafa's phone baits were sitting around talking at the gathering and like just trading stories off and on. And yeah, some of my stories are kind of like, I mean, they're they're crazy, but like Rafa gets wild with some of his. And it's I, if you don't get him on for this one, you got to have him on soon and make sure to bring up Bigfoot because he has got some absolutely insane stories for you. Yeah, I actually texted him today and I don't know if he's responded yet. I'm going to check after this, but 
if he's if he's talking about all that stuff, I'm gonna have to turn every single light on in my apartment, open up the windows, and just. just <laughs> oh, you're not gonna want to go fishing for a couple weeks. Like you're gonna think oh. you're gonna get attacked by Bigfoot every time you go out there. Oh my gosh, dude, that's wicked. <laughs> oh it's my gosh. wild. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to text him after this. But Josh, I want to thank you for coming on. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed the. We, so we've got UFOs, we've got aliens. Uh, you guys will obviously know what the next one is. I'm not sure yet. I've got to uh, hit up a few more people, but there's the opportunity for ghosts. Uh, a few more aliens, Bigfoot, and then um, another one that I don't really want to say the name of the thing because it's like bad luck and it's not very good to say the name of the creature slash ghost paranormal thing. So it's it's SW. If, if you know the uh, the abbreviation, then you know. But uh, whatever, whoever I have on next, you guys will hear after uh, after this commercial, little commercial break. So, Josh, thank you for coming on. I hope you guys enjoyed this one and uh, on to the next one. All righty, guys, we've, we've got our UFOs out of the way and our, and our hauntings out of the way. So now we're going to kind of bring it to, uh, to more of, of something that makes, my, makes me crawl, makes my skin crawl a little bit. Just because um, I, I've heard it uh, multiple times from a lot of different people and people's experiences from, from stuff like this. And these two gentlemen have, have experienced it. And it, just, just hearing what they had to say over text message, it kind of kind of made me feel a little uneasy, so I'm excited to hear their stories. We're joined by Mr. Sean Thornton, uh, a.k.a. Apex underscore Angler 27 on Instagram, and then Logan Sherman, which is uh, Shermanator0629 on Instagram, and, and their stories from up there in, in the northeast uh, area of Pennsylvania. I'm excited to hear it, but I'm also, I'm also, I might not be able to night fish for the rest of my life after hearing these stories. So I'll let Sean uh, kind of talk about what his experiences is, his experiences are and then let logan uh tag in when the time is so sean uh put, just just let us know what uh what this spooky story is that's been happening to you and has happened to you in, in previous uh trips oh it started uh basically when i started fishing the lakes up here i had another guy that i had fished with and uh you know we during the summer we go out from 10 o'clock at night and fish till daybreak, you know, with big wake baits and, uh, you know, generally do pretty well. Um, there's two lakes in particular that I'm not going to say the names of because I don't want any locals around here, uh, knowing what kind of big fish they have in them, but, uh, starts out the one lake to get to the part of the creek arm where we would fish and i was fishing with another buddy of mine at the time his name was dan and we're out there and you know it's like 1 30 in the morning something like that and when i get back in the creek arms at night i shut my bowel and stern lights off just mm -hmm. to help my eyes adjust there's nobody else back there you know once in a while you'll see you know a striper fisherman trolling down the channel or something like that and i'll flip my lights back on real quick but most of the time i kill my lights just so that my eyes adjust and i get a better view of what i'm casting towards so one night we were out there and out of nowhere just this ridiculous howl and it bellowed for a good 25, 30 seconds. I don't know oh. any human that could make a, and it was like this deep, eerie, like, like I said, like a bellow howl, but it happened 
and it lasted for so long. And we were, if you had to hike through the woods, it'd probably be close to a, I don't know, 16 mile hike until the trail ends from what I'm, um, what I've been told before, you know, the trail kind of zigzags up and down the mountain Damn. Uh, rather, rather than just following, you know, directly along the, the Creek arm because it's mm -hmm. all bluff walls and like, you know, real steep rock. So the trail zigzags, there's mountain bikers that go back there and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, you know, one thirty, two thirty in the morning, you don't expect anybody to be out there. And so that was my first experience with it. And then, uh, my buddy got kind of shook and he was like, dude, what the hell was that? Like, let's get out of here. And I'm like, no, we're fishing. You know, we're catching fish. I'm not really worried about it. And I could just tell the whole time in the back of the boat that, you know, he's, he keeps looking around. He's looking at the banks, any little thing that he hears, you know, he's, you know, twisting his head real fast. What was that? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, we're out there. We, we hear coyotes constantly, you know, there's deer that, that venture down in certain parts where they can, oh, yeah. you know, get to the water. Um, but no, I heard it a couple of times on my own, you know, uh, I fish a lot by myself at night and then, uh, I guess it's been two years now. Logan's been fishing with me and, uh, yeah, there was another lake where I did extremely well on early this season in the, in the post spawn. And, um, excuse me. Uh, I was, uh, hearing something literally follow me up and down this bank that I would fish because this bank is, it's riddled with, um, lumber that you know stumps and laydowns that are off of the bank you know mm -hmm. you know we're fishing probably 100 yards off the bank at most and then there's also a thick grass line of hydrilla okay. so this thing would seem like it was stalking me back and forth up the bank oh, and hell no, dude <laughs> you know i'm out there by myself and it's a it's a creepy launch as it is mm -hmm. where you're at like i've seen bear back there you know deer you know eyes when i light my headlight up and i look around and you know while i'm launching my boat but uh this happens on the opposite end of the lake on one of the uh, a specific bank of the creek arm and it happened like three or four times. And I told Logan about it before we went out there fishing one night. I said, yep. I said, once we get to the area where it's happening, I'll tell you. And then, you know, just kind of be quiet and listen for it. And that first night, I bet it wasn't five minutes after I, I said that. And we were being quiet on the boat. You know, of course, we're still making cast and stuff like that. But, you know we start hearing something in the woods and I look back at him and he was like, are you serious? And he gets, he, he got kind of excited, you know, cause he's into this kind of stuff too. But, um, you know, even before then I'd be out there on my kayak sometimes, uh, early in the morning before work, mm -hmm. as we mentioned on the, on the previous podcast we did together, 
um, you know, I'll load my kayak up before I go to work and fish for a couple hours before daybreak and mm-hmm. then, you know, go to work. So every time I heard it, I'd, I'd open my phone and you know how sometimes it'll, it'll show whether someone's active or not. And, you know, of course, Rafa, he's just, uh, you know, he's always in his damn shop. He's always working on something. So he would, he would usually be up. I'd shoot him a message. He'd answer and I'd call him and, and I'd try to put my phone on speaker so he could hear it as this thing's literally, you know, tracking me down the bank. But that night that Logan experienced it for the first time, that was uh, that was pretty cool that someone else heard it too and got to experience it. So moving forward to the next trip that we took, this thing followed <laughs> us way down the bank. And we weren't catching any fish, so we moved out into the middle and started fishing deeper on a deeper weed line. and you know, we were hearing it, it. It almost sounded like it was getting frustrated that we were there. You know, we were or hearing tree knocks, kind of noise to like almost try to bring us back to that side of the lake. You know, whatever, like, hey, whatever it was doing. <laughs> but uh, we moved out in, you know, towards the middle of the creek arm, like on the outside weed edge, and we were fishing. And right where he's at in the back of the boat, I've got a compartment that I've got, uh, a, I believe it's a 2000 lumens mm. flashlight that you can zoom in. So, you know how the flashlights are nowadays, they're yeah. incredible. Um, so yeah, I great. told him, I said, I, I said, there's a flashlight right at your feet, you know, open that compartment. So he dropped his rod, opened the compartment and started scanning the banks. And then I'll, I'll never forget when he stopped and he was like, what the hell is that? And <laughs> I'll, I'll let you, Logan, I'll let you take it over from here. So taken right up from there, I I'm scanning the bank. And the beam of light just tracks over this thing. And I just stop because this thing's just glowing, right? It's mm-hmm. like, it was this, Sean, help me out. It was kind of, it was like a whitish gray kind of color. It wasn't right? glowing like, you know, like. Like it was getting off light, but it, it was. It, just, really it, it reflected the, the it, it reflected yeah. the light. Okay. Right. So but, it wasn't uh, like literally keeping off its own light. It was ref- reflecting the light that we were shining and it stood out against the dark background of like the trees and the bushes yeah, and the tree and stuff behind it. Right. So it just stood out so much and it's just sitting there and it's doing this slow little rock. Like it's trying to mimic something swaying in the wind mm-hmm. and you, we can just make out, a face and a body that's like kind of crouched by the bank and just like dead staring back through the beam of light back at us. And we're just like frozen. Like what, what is, what is this? What are we looking at? So we're Mm -hmm. trying to get out our phones to try to see if we can get it on like camera or something. And naturally from that kind of distance, we're not seeing it on our cameras. So then I told Logan, I said, look, we're heading in there. Turn the light off for a second. And I put the trolling motor on low and we kind of crept in. And of course, this thing probably seen us the whole time. 
And he, I remember him turning the light on one more time when we were like halfway between the point where we were originally sitting and the bank. And it was still there. And I said, shut the light off. And I had my phone out ready to record. I hit record and I said, go ahead, hit the light. Lit it up. It was still there. But I was trying to zoom in on my phone and at night, like nothing really shows up. Yeah. I I, I reviewed that footage. I reviewed that footage 20 times. And, you know, all you can really see is just like a little glowing spot on the bank because we were still about maybe 100 yards away from it. Mm-hmm. But we ended up going all the way up to that spot just to see if it was like a bush or something like that. Maybe, you know, a bag caught in the bush. We didn't know what it could have been that was doing that. But when we got there, it was gone. Oh, my so gosh. Then, so then we, we there was you nothing know, that was anywhere close to that kind of color in that area. Like there were size. It's just an open spot on the bank where trout fishermen sometimes come down because they, they do stock that lake with trout. So mm-hmm. it's and we're it's talking a, about seeing this thing at night, but we've also fished this this particular body body of water during the daytime too. So it's not like we only fish this spot at night, so we don't always see it very clearly. Right. Yeah. Like we've seen this lake during the day. We've fished at all times of day. So we know this lake, and it's not like it's a very big lake, so it's pretty easy to learn. Damn, dude. And so, it, yeah, Sean, take it, take it from there. Well, Adrian, it sounded like you you were starting to oh, chime was, in there. I was just gonna say that, like, it's it's almost like it was just egging you guys on to get close, and then it just fucking was gone, it bolted when whenever you guys got too closer or knew you guys were, were getting closer to it. Like it was cool with you guys being, you know, 150 yards away. But, but once you closed in, it was, it was like, ah, I'm not going to let them see me type thing. It's, it's weird how, how it went away. And then we shut all the lights off again. You know, we didn't have our phones out, nothing like that. And we were just listening and it was just eerie quiet across, across that, that part of the lake that we were in. So, we resumed fishing and we were talking about it. I actually called Rafa and put him on speakerphone and we were both like explaining what we just saw mm-hmm. and he gets so excited over that stuff. <laughs> so I always re I always report into him, you know, when something's chasing us down or, you know, not chasing us, but following us down the bank. Yeah. But fast forward a little bit, you know, there was a couple more times where we were out there cruising that same bank because it puts out some big fish Mm -hmm. um that's where i just caught that seven pounder the other day Mm. and uh that was during the day you know like he said we fish it during the day we fish it at night it all depends on the time of the year um because the grass gets real thick back there in the creek arm and it gets i mean it just gets choked out at some points so there's certain times where you know we'll fish it from kayaks or, you know, once it starts to thin out, then we'll fish it from the boat. But anyway, uh, we got back out there, you know, recently. Yeah, and, it was like two weeks ago. Yeah. But I'm going to back up a little bit. So 
you know how a beaver will slap the water. Yep. Yeah. That's a distinct sound. Mm-hmm. Like it'll scare the crap out of you if you're out there by yourself at night and all of a sudden a beaver tail, you know, slaps the water really hard. But there was times where stuff was thrown into the water. And, and it makes a you know, plunging sound instead of a slapping sound. Yeah, yeah, it's like that gloop, like, that, like yeah, exactly. Yeah, like a, like a large stone being thrown into mm-hmm. the water or something like that. And um, so, fast forward, we were out there the other night. You know, I know we don't got a whole lot of time, but there, we got so many stories from being out there. This thing, it it literally stalks this bank, and um, we were out there and. You know, we fished the evening bite, had some laughs, caught a big fish, and missed some other good ones. And there, when we had launched, there was these younger kids partying mm-hmm. in one of the parking lots, which is, um, it's like a little beach area okay, of the yeah. lake where you can go in and go swimming. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, we, you know, they had their, their music on in the car and it's thumping and stuff like that. So we're hanging towards the other end of the lake. I always, I'm a, I'm a big believer in, you know, sound scare the bigger fish, you know, up here, it takes our five pound fish so long to reach five pounds because, you know, we don't have F1s in our water, you know. It, it and it gets really cold really fast. Like our water temperature is already down and in, into the low fifties. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we were moving back up the bank and down the bank and just kind of fishing back and forth on this this weed line that's got timber in it. And uh, we heard something thrown into the water, and then something sound like it ran into the water, and then run back out onto the bank. So it was almost like something charged us because we were, you know, we were in his vicinity or its vicinity, but it, it charged into the water and then out of the water after, uh, already having thrown something, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe five minutes earlier. And, uh, you know, at this point we're both like, you know, we're both laughing. I think we called Rafa and we talked to him about it. So we start it, you know, it's getting late and, uh, we start motoring back up towards the launch and those kids are still there partying in this parking lot and they're out there and we decided to kind of mess with them a little bit. So they were yelling. And then I think I yelled and I went, hello, And then you heard everybody get quiet and then someone yelled hello back and then Logan hit them with the flashlight in that direction. And next thing you know, they all scattered. (laughs) I don't know whether they thought we were, you know, the wardens or, you know, someone that was going to get them in trouble or they were just freaked out of someone being on the lake after dark. So after they left, you know, we had, we had been shining our lights in the water and seeing all kinds of giant shiners and 
crappy and bluegill on the surface, you know, the super clear water and fairly shallow on the opposite end. So, uh, then we start hearing this thing again in a totally different part of the lake that we were usually, or, you know, that we usually hear it in. Mm -hmm. So Logan got the light out and started scanning the bank. Didn't see anything. And then about five minutes later, Logan, take it away. <laughs> so the reason why he brings up the beaver slap versus a plunge is because we're, we're going down the bank and you just hear a kaplunk. And I'm like, there's the beaver, like half-heartedly being like optimistic. Yeah. And Sean just looks at me and goes, you know, that was no beaver. And I was like, you had to say it though. Like, <laughs> come on. Uh, yeah. We knew <laughs> like, it, but nobody was going to address yeah, it. Like, yeah. Seriously. Like, come on. <laughs> so, and he's like, dude, he's less than a mile from where the truck sat. I was like, well, getting off the water is going to be fun now. Mm -hmm. So then, then we're, we're going, we're fishing for a while and, you know, we we start to hear it moving down the bank, right? Mm. And we hear it charge into the water, like Sean was saying. So I'm shining the flashlight around, shining the flashlight around, trying to find it in that general direction or try to find yeah. some sort of disturbance to see where it was at. Because my ears know, know exactly where it's at. You know, you know when you hear something and you can say, oh, it's right exactly right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm shining it right exactly right there, but I'm not seeing anything. It's just trees. And it was, it could not have been any perfect as, as how they portray it in the movies. And I hate how corny it sounds, but literally like a piece that I thought was part of like a bushel off a branch just shifted back into the trees. And I didn't get to get to have like a very good look at it. Cause I was looking at the whole shrub line as a whole instead of that yeah. particular spot but it's like that one little bush bushel just like disappears behind the branch and it's like wait it was right there like wait 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 and it's like so i'm telling sean like go over there go over there so we were trying to go over and it's like we don't want to scare it or have it i mean it's already tried to bluff charge us once what if it actually tries to charge us again and i don't i mean i don't recall if you had anything on you, Sean, to protect us with, but not that night. <laughs> no, so I don't think we were uh, charging in as eagerly as that night that we shined our flashlight on it. But, um, but after I'm going to jump back in after that first yeah, time yeah. where he was like, it blended back. It, dude, that thing just like disappeared into the trees. Oh my God. So we, we went over and I moved in closer to the bank, closer to the bank, closer to the bank. And the weeds were still kind of thick up there. And I've got one of them ninja blades on my prop, you know, mm -hmm. that as your, your prop picks it up and spins the weeds around, it just whacks them off. So they don't yeah. like, you know, bury down underneath the prop. <laughs> but we've already been out on the water for a decent amount of time. The batteries are, I need to put new batteries on my boat to you know run my trolling motor but i told him i said let me see that flashlight real quick 
and we just kind of sat there or stood there rather for a couple minutes dead quiet as we're letting the wind just kind of blow us towards the bank not hearing anything and then no like no sooner i was like ah thinking to myself ah fuck it let's get out of here we hear something get thrown into the water and i lit up the flashlight and sure enough there was this thing that as he explained earlier it appeared to like have this like reflectiveness to it like Mm -hmm. it glowed and i'm not saying like a glow-in-the-dark toy or anything like that but it just it stood out from everything around it you know we're we got you know we're pretty well in the fall up here you know the leaves are turning they're orange they're green some some of them are green you know a lot of leaves on the ground so you can hear stuff walking through the woods but sure enough i seen it and it just kind of backed up on onto the trail and (laughs) which is a hillside that goes up about i'd say like 900 feet to the top and yeah, then yeah. goes into thousands of thousands of thousands of unoccupied acres of forest. Yeah. And he he was like, did you see it that time? And I was like, I, I kind of caught a glimpse of it the first time, but that was clear as day. So <laughs> we go to put the boat back on the trailer. And of course, I dropped him off. And as I'm putting the boat on, He's just spinning 360s with the flashlight. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm sure it looked like a light show. Like a yeah. lighthouse. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, even, even the whole time that, you know, after we pulled up out of the ramp and we pulled up onto the main, you know, little uh, drive that they have that goes in there back towards, you know, the, the beach area and whatnot. Um, if I drive my, if I power load my boat, you know, I can, I can put it on the, on the trailer square. If I got to go in on the trolling motor, like we had to in this area, sometimes we'll have to like, just kind of shift the boat over a little bit before I put the rear straps on. So we're cleaning out the boat, putting the rods in the truck and strapping stuff down. And he's just constantly spinning with the flashlight. And I was like, Dude, if it's gonna get us, it's gonna get us. Like at this point, we're 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 sitting ducks. But no, there there's been a lot of cool nights out there just experiencing that. And you know, there's gonna be a lot of people that listen to this kind of stuff and are just like naysayers, like ah, oh, you know, these guys are assholes. You know, yeah, just making shit up, but. The fact that, you know, just about every time we had a major situation, I, I would call Rafa. I'm mm-hmm. sure he's going to mention that because when he was down at the gathering, you know, after the gathering was over, he called me at like 11 o'clock at night. And, you know, anytime one of my friends calls me, you know, one of my close friends, I'll answer just in case, yep. you know, there, so there's something wrong, even though he's on the opposite side of the country yeah um i still answer just you know to see uh, you know everything okay and he was like 
sitting around the table with a couple dudes and he was like, yo, tell them some of them stories. Mm-hmm. I was trying to explain them, but I want them to hear them from you. So, you know, basically told them some of the same stories and they're all sitting around and they're not laughing at it because they've experienced similar stuff themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Rafa, he's a true believer in, in yeah. Bigfoot. Like, you know, he even also, did that badass carving. Like he did the, the, the full scene of it. <laughs> what were you going to say, Logan? Yeah, I was going to say, I will add, I've kind of gone over my lifetime. I've kind of gone back and forth between like believing in like Bigfoot and those, those kind of like mystic creatures and not, but like, just because I never had the tangible proof or really any like personal experience with anything like that. But like after the things that I've experienced, like in on this body of water with Sean, it's like at this point, I don't rule anything out mm-hmm. because that's something that I can't explain with my, I mean, I would say most, I think most people, that are close to me would say I have a pretty decent knowledge of the outdoors, but like with my knowledge of the outdoors, I cannot explain what's happening and what I'm seeing. You got to be out there and experience it. If I tell it to anybody, they kind of just kind of wave it off. But once I get them out there on the water at night, I did the same thing when you first started telling me about it, Sean, I would kind of like, Oh yeah, like I'm sure you're experiencing something, but I'm sure it's like explainable, right? Like that's what everyone would normally think. Any rational yeah, person would yeah. normally think. Oh, it's a bear, and it's a deer. You go, you, you go out there and you experience it, and it's like it's not that easy to like that that's <laughs> not normal. That's not something like I don't know exactly what that is, but it's not something normal. Right, yeah. Mm, man so i've, it, I've it really always does make your skin crawl yeah and like like uh we were talking about before we started recording uh i wanted to add this in this area up here used to be heavily populated by native americans and you mm. know they've got they've got all those you know, shows out there, Skinwalker Ranch and this like yeah, that, yeah. that, that are, are, you know, in my opinion, they don't provide any evidence other than like people telling, you know, oh, they witnessed an anomaly or, you know, they witnessed this or something like that. But, you know, having explained it to somebody and then take them out on the water and literally tell them exactly where it's going to happen where it's going to start to happen and that it'll just follow us up and down this, this one bank. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty cool. Exactly to, that was pretty cool to have him experience that too. And then, you know, have someone, cause I know that I'm not fucking crazy. You know, I, I knew what I was hearing and you know, I've I been, mean, I've been out. <laughs> that's a, that's a whole different, that's a whole different <laughs> subject, but, uh, but no, uh, you know, I've been I've been an outdoorsman, you know, ever since I was a little kid. You know, I used to go camping by myself when I was younger. That was something that my dad used to encourage me to do. Um, I hunted for a lot of years. You know, I learned how to track, so on and so forth. So, 
you know, you, you kind of, you kind of, and I've always lived around the woods as well. You know, I, I had a few homes where they were surrounded by nothing but woods. Yeah. So, you know, you'd be out at night, you know, just hanging out by the garage or something like that. And, you know, hear deer, you know, stepping through the dry leaves. And then when I moved up here, it was, uh, it, you know, into Northeast PA, it was a lot more of hearing like bear, you know, and when they walk through the woods, they're not that, that elegant. I mean, they, they just make so much noise when they walk through at night because they don't care. Right. Yeah. <laughs> around, around here, like, and I'm, I'm only speaking about like in my town, they are literally just hunting trash cans that have food in them. Mm-hmm. And they don't care about making any kind of noise. So they're, you know, they're literally walking right up the alleys that are, you know, it's just a little strip of, of grass with, you know, one or two saplings and, you know, dry leaves. And uh, it, these sounds out there was something heavy, something big and breaking or, you know, not not like breaking off, but like snapping tree branches. Like, like imagine if you were trying to get back to like a, a super secluded spot and you're pushing tree branches out of the way and mm-hmm. just kind of like snapping them off just so they're, you know, on your walk back, they're not in your way again. Yeah, right. But I believed in all this kind of stuff. Like some of the stuff that I experienced when I was growing up working on the offshore boats, mm-hmm. you know, being 80 miles offshore and some of the stuff you hear out there or witness out there is unexplainable. I'm not going to get into that. I know we were talking about, you know, a certain uh, Bigfoot skinwalker, whatever it is, but it's Something. there. And I hope that one day we can get some good footage of it. But you, 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 had, said that, you had said that someone touched on uh, UFOs. So yeah, yeah. one night we were out there and I go, Logan, look at that. And it comes across the sky and it's it, at first it's like falling. And but it was, like su- it was super, yeah, it was super close, super, super bright. It was falling. Then it got real, I mean, like real bright and then shot straight across. And then, you know, it, it the glow kind of went away. We still were able to track it across the sky. And then it got real bright again and shifted direction. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was a freaky night too. That kind of freaked me out more than anything else. Yeah, that was, it, was, that was... it wasn't it wasn't a satellite coming and breaking up in orbit or anything like that. It was definitely something that that was coming at a certain angle, changed its trajectory, and you know, and it was just... it was close enough to see the three three dimensional aspect of its motion too. Oh shit! It so was it's neat. not like it was like way off there either. Yeah. Fuck that, man! Screw that! You guys, you guys are brave for still going out there at night. UFOs, Bigfoot walkers walking around, man! Screw that! Hey, man, 
Giants, it's all about the fish. Come the price. <laughs> I guess, man. Jeez, oh, Pete's. Yeah, you guys, Um, <clears throat> there was more than one point in time when you guys were telling that that I was like, man, I'm I'm not going to I'm not going up to PA to to go fish up there anytime soon. Oh my, at least not at night. Daytime I can do, but and hearing what you guys are saying, it was like, wow, I uh, you know, and it, it's crazy to hear stuff like that because, like Logan was saying, like you can wrap your mind around it, but until you witness it firsthand in person, it uh, it's it's a whole new thing. And I, you know, luckily or unluckily, you know, however you want to perceive it. I have not experienced anything like that. But I I definitely get freaked out, and I definitely um, can put myself in those shoes and, and understand what, what, what you guys are explaining. And I'm just like, yeah, that's good enough. I don't need to, I don't need to experience that. I'm, I'm good enough with, with hearing the stories firsthand from it. I will say from how Logan handled, handled himself to what the – previous guy that i would fish with handled himself when we heard that like ridiculous how yeah um logan was like super into it like like me you know we were trying to find it shining the light you know trying to get it on you know, a picture or a video or something like that mm-hmm. and um yeah he handled himself really well so hell yeah man i think it'd be easier you, for buddy. me if i was with somebody but if i was all alone Man, I'd be leaving the boat there, and I'd be picking it up in the morning. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I, it, you talked to Rafa about it. I've, I've been out there numerous times by myself on the kayak, and it's like, it's a lot different when you're on the kayak and you're fishing right. close to the bank, like parallel on the bank, because you don't have the option of jumping into the driver's seat, firing up the big motor, and hauling ass out of there. Like I've got a. Actually, Logan and I both have the same kayaks now, but you know you can only paddle so fast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's it it can be different when you're parallel in the bank in the kayak, and then you hear that, you know, it'll kind of make your you know the hair stand up on the back of your neck. But it's like to a point now where I've gotten used to it. I think Logan's gotten used to it, and that thing's going to stay there. I mean, it hasn't, hasn't left yet. And we've been experiencing this now for well over a year. Wow. Yeah. Hey guys, I don't mean to be rude, but I do have to hop off. No, you're good, man. You're good. Um, yeah. Crazy, crazy ass stories. I'll put, I'll put these guys uh, Instagrams in the, uh, in the show descriptions. You, you guys can go follow them. I appreciate you gentlemen coming on. That one was probably the eeriest one so far. Made, made the back, made the hair on the back of my neck stick up pretty bad, but well, uh, you guys will be here in the next one. Um, I'm going to hop off here and uh, hope you guys enjoyed this story. Thank you guys for coming on and on to the next one, I guess. All right, everybody. So we've, we've covered the base. We've got aliens, we've got ghosts, Scott, Bigfoot slash skinwalkers. And, you know, we're, we're joined by another gentleman who who's, I'm pretty sure it's, it's a ghost story. And if I've not mistaken, you've posted, you posted a video of this on your Facebook talking about this story. If it's the one I think it is. And I mean, I was watching it. I was watching it like nine o'clock, nine o'clock AM on like a Saturday or a Sunday making breakfast, you know, daylight out. And it was, you know, you were talking about it going to in depth with everything that you had witnessed. And it was making the hair on the back of my neck stand up. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're, 
either you're like, you're a really good storyteller and then you're really good at like talking about what you experienced into story form. So I, I, I was doing this episode and I'm like, I, I have to, I have to have this gentleman on. I have to hear what, uh, hear this story and I want him to share it with everybody. So we're joined by Mr. Stephen Lowen, the gentleman behind two face baits. I'm sure you guys have heard, if not you, uh, you're familiar with, with his baits and stuff. And He's, he's got some experiences that I want to hear. And I figured what better episode than, than the Halloween episode to have him come on here and talk about it. And then we've already talked about, we're going to do a full length episode uh, here in the next couple of weeks after this one. So this is, he's going to get his toes wet in the scales and tails yeah. podcast world. Then we're going to hit it full force with a full episode here soon. The full episode would be cool because I'm at a point in my life with my fishing and uh, my spots and stuff where I'm not so um, tight lipped on it. Oh, that'll be realized- awesome. I've realized throughout the years that it almost seems like the more people that are fishing gives me more data points to mm-hmm. um, to understand what's going on because I'm actually witnessing more fish being caught. Right. And so it kind of almost adds to um, everything that I've learned about the lake and such. Mm-hmm. And so and so I'm not so tight lipped about it anymore. And uh, if you got me like a year ago, I probably wouldn't have been as honest. So I'm um, we do the whole episode, then I'm, I'm glad we're doing it now to, because uh yeah, I might have omitted some stuff, but <laughs> getting to the ghost story, the Halloween ghost story. So the first time I caught a fish this day, I caught a fish this day and I had a picture on my phone. So I know it was January 30th, 2020 was the very first time I saw it. Okay. Okay. Now the lake sets up to where there's an island that you could access the island only if the water is low. So the lake is a little reservoir connected to the Delta and it can go up and down 10 feet in a day. So the little Island sometimes is surrounded by water. And then if it drops 10 feet, you could sludge through where the water used to be and make your way out to the Island. The Island is completely covered in tulies. Mm-hmm. When I say completely covered in tulies, I mean, it's a mass of tulies that's so dense and so thick that if you tried to get your hand in karate chop through the tulies, it probably wouldn't make it through. Or if you tried to stick a rod tip through the tulies, mm-hmm. the rod tip probably wouldn't make it all the way through. It's that dense of a tu- of a tule bank. Wow. So every time the water gets low, there, there creates a beach that, 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 that gives you access to the main lake. And you have to, trudge or you have to cut a pathway through those tulies out to the beach where you can fish the main lake so it's probably 50 to 100 yard trail that's six feet wide at the max mostly three to six feet wide that somebody has to make through the tulies to get to this um beach okay Mm -hmm. so that's the only access that's the only access to this place on the island where you can fish is whoever cuts the trail first to get to that area. So there happened to be another guy um, down there fishing with me on January 30th, 2020. And it's getting to be dusk. So it's not quite dark yet. Um, The picture of the fish that he took is slightly after I saw the ghost. So, uh, and in the picture, it's almost, it's almost black, but, um, it was dusk when 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 this happened. So I'm fishing below the trail, and the other guy's fishing maybe 20 yards to the right of where the trail leads down to the lake. 
So I could see up the up the um, the Thule Trail that was made. The other guy cannot. Yep. I don't hear anything. I don't hear any rustling of the bushes or anything. And I'm I'm at like a heightened state because it's getting dark. There's mountain lions. There's coyotes. There's drunks. I got pepper spray on me. Um, so if something's going to be walking down this trail through all the dead, um, through all the dead tulies, I'm going to hear it for sure. Yeah. And because I'm, I'm listening for shit when I'm, when I'm out at night, right. I'm not just, I don't have earbuds on. I'm not, not <laughs> listening to music, right. I need to know what's going on in my surroundings. Cause there's, I, we're, we're fishing urban lakes. A lot of stuff can go on. So I look in back of me and there was a dude who walked out of this dense Thule bank in the middle of the trail. And he was standing there facing me, looking at me. And he just stood there and didn't do anything. And I was trying to make eye contact with him. It was weird because I did not feel any sensation or, um, I didn't feel any hostile sensation that the guy was given to me. So I wasn't reaching for my pepper spray or anything. I was just observing him. Right. Mm-hmm. And he had come out of the left that as I'm looking up the trail, he came out of the left Thule bank and stood in the middle of the trail. And I had estimate he's like six foot five and super wide shouldered, like a, like a, like an NBA athlete. Mm-hmm. And he's wearing a trench coat from that goes all the way across his shoulders up to his neck and all the way down to about three inches above his ankles. And he's standing there looking at me. I'm not able to really get a facial recognition on him right now. Um, but it's just it's just as if I saw a person. It's not like. As I said this before, it's not like he was glowing. It's not like he was translucent. It's not like he was anything but what a normal person in a trench coat would look like. Mm -hmm. It's just that I could tell he couldn't sense that I was there. And that's one of the reasons why I wasn't like nervous or anything. He was just staring blankly out into the middle of nowhere. And I was like, and at first, like, like, okay, so then he was looking at me for a while and the guy that was fishing next to me, 20 yards on the bank, he looked back and seen the dude also. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking like, my impression is that it's some goth guy. (laughs) Yeah. Because that's what you first think about is like, uh, you know, I thought about this the first time last night. I thought about, um, I thought about Dracula and I thought about vampires and I was like, this thing kind of fits a a vampire um, narrative more than if it's a ghost narrative looking back at it now because it's always kind of at dusk or at dark and the dude's wearing a long trench coat, right? Yeah. Sun so, just went uh, down. He's able to come out, not get messed up. Yeah. He's not making any noise. He's not rustling the toolies or anything. He's coming out looking for blood at dusk. Right. So, okay. So the dude, so now I see the guy, I see the guy go into the right bank of toolies without making any noise. I see him just go straight into the Thule bank on the right-hand side of the trail and made zero noise, right? So 
I said to the guy that was fishing with me, I said, did you see that guy? And he goes, yeah, I did. And I said, where did he go? And this guy, since he's further down the bay, can't see up the trail. He goes, oh, I think he walked back up the trail. Mm -hmm. So then I made an excuse. I said, hey, you know what? I got to go back to my truck and get something before it gets dark. So I bomb up that trail pretty quickly moments after I see him go into the Tule Bank on the right. And I'm kind of jogging up that 50 to 100 yard stretch of of trail through the Tule's. Yeah. And it's going to open up into a um, it's going to open up into a street with street lights so I could see everything. And I mean, the guy's not there. I don't run into him in the trail. Um, in the clearing, the lights on the street and everything, I could see a hundred yards in either direction. Um, the dude is gone. Like I would have for sure ran into him if he didn't go where I thought he went into the Tule Bank. Mm-hmm. So I'm a hundred percent convinced at this point that the dude just went into the Tule Bank and somehow is able to uh, not make any noise as he does such. Right. That was it for that night. And I had told everybody about my confrontation with whatever it was. So now we go forward, I think about a year. I think about a year. We, we move forward a year. And I'm fishing on the boat ramp of the same lake. So there's a boat ramp. And then there's a normal dock where you would dock up your boat and walk down to the water. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of an, an L shaped dock. Right. And there's a parking lot up above the boat ramp with lights. And there's a kiosk where you can pay for stuff adjacent to the boat ramp that has a motion sensor light on it. And then on either side of the boat ramp are the same dense Thule banks. One of the dense Thule banks is actually the same one that the island that connects to the island. So the boat ramp on either side is a hundred percent taken over by Thule's. And the only way out is to walk up the boat ramp to the street and walk right or left from there. Does this make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was picturing it in my head. Yeah. So yeah, just a normal size boat ramp banks of Thule's on either side. If you were to walk three feet, off the boat ramp in either direction, right or left. Mm-hmm. And those two leaves go all the way up until the pavement of the parking lot starts above the boat ramp. Okay. And so I'm at the L part of the dock where you would tie up your boat, casting out into the lake um, on the end of the, uh, at the end of the boat dock. So I'm looking back up into the, so this is, this is about dusk again. I'm going to say it's, almost exactly the same time uh, light wise as the first time I've seen him. Mm-hmm. He comes out of the left bank of Tule's of the boat ramp this time without making any noise. And he stands there. And now I get a really good visual of him because I got more lights near me. Right. Yeah. So it's a black dude. It's an African-American dude who looks like the basketball player, John Sally. He looked almost exactly like John Sally in the face but a little bit more chiseled and not John Sally in his prime, like John (laughs) Sally looks now Mm -hmm. about a 55 or 60 year old dude 
who was exactly the same stature I seen before, about six foot four, extremely muscular build, and wearing this. And now I can see the color of the trench coat. Um, the trench coat is like um, just plain rawhide. A plain cowhide jacket that's not been dyed or anything. Mm-hmm. It's the same. It's it's exactly like the, the the color of like a a typical baseball glove. Yeah. And he's standing there, in front of me, facing me, and he's got it. it it's 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 not buttoned up. I can see that it could be buttoned up, but it's got like a a cowhide belt, and it's tied kind of like a karate belt. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he cinched around the waist with, with like a karate belt and the karate belt things also made a rawhide. So instead of thinking it's a gothic person or like a vampire now, I'm getting like an old West vibe from him because mm-hmm. it's all cowhide. It's all like and, you know, it's it's not like perfectly tailored and it hasn't been dyed. So it looks very vintage. And so he starts walking down the boat ramp toward me and I just keep my eyes glued to him because it's this, this guy's been in the forefront of my mind for a long time. Right. Yeah. So I'm watching him and I'm nervous. I'm not nervous at all. Like I don't catch any bad vibes from him. Like I was going to go up to him and say something to him, but again, I could see that he cannot see me. He's not focusing on me. And here's, here's where it gets even crazier. Okay. He comes toward me. And he sees a garbage can, like a modern day garbage can with like the plastic fiberglass lid. Yeah. Yep. And he looks at it and he goes and he drops back like he's seen something out of the ordinary for yeah, him. Crazy. Yep. Crazy. And he goes like he up. just to saw it. a ghost or something. <laughs> right. He saw a ghost. Right. <laughs> so he goes up to it and he touches the garbage can and then backs up. And I'm like, oh, isn't this the weirdest damn thing? <laughs> and then he goes up to the garbage can and he rubs the top. He's rubbing the top of the garbage can. Mm-hmm. And then he stands back and he shakes his head. And he's sitting there looking at the garbage can. Like he's in total disbelief that the garbage can exists. Right. Then he walks to the boat ramp and he rubs the top of the boat ramp and does the same thing and then stands back. And then he grabs the rails, the rail of the boat ramp, like that, that little white rubber strip along this top of the boat ramp. Yep. And he pushes it back and forth to see if he could move it back and forth. Cause he doesn't really know what it's doing there. Mm-hmm. Like I'm thinking if he is, I think he's kind of wondering whether it's attached to the ground or whether it's movable or something. Yeah. And then he steps back and he puts his hands in his head, he puts his face in his hands and he just stands there like almost like in total bewilderment of where he's at. Yeah. Like disbelief, like, like disbelief that any of these objects that he's seen actually exist. And uh-huh. all I get from his vibe now is that he's super, super sad, super sad. And then he walks across the boat ramp to the other side of the boat ramp where there's a whole bunch of picnic tables and stuff. And he kind of does the same thing to the picnic table. He's like rubbing the picnic table. He's looking at the picnic table. He's skeptical of the picnic table. I could tell that. 
And then in front of the picnic table is a normal bench, like just a, a normal sit down bench without a table or anything. Yep. Just, just, just the bench that you would visual that you would sit there and look at the lake from. Yeah, like the ones that have like do, little memorial plaques and stuff on them. Right. So he doesn't do the funny thing about that is he didn't do anything with that. He just sat on it. So, like the bench, it seemed like was familiar with him because he just went down and sat on the bench. He didn't mm-hmm. rub it or do anything weird with it. With the yeah, bench, he wasn't like like trying to figure out what it was type type acting, I guess. No, so he just sat down on the bench, and then he had his arms spread out and kind of kicking back on the bench with a sad look on his face. And then he put his hands in his as he was sitting on the bench. He put his his face in his hands covered his eyes and was visually sobbing, but I couldn't hear anything. Hmm. And uh, this whole time I had realized that I had never heard anything that he did. Right. I never heard any steps. I never heard anything. How far do you think you were from him? um, Let's see. Maybe 50 feet. Oh, wow. Because I had walked up closer to him because I was going to greet him. Mm-hmm. I wanted to greet him because, and if I ever seen him again, I would go up to him and I would greet the, I would try to greet the person. Yeah. And, um, but I stayed, I stayed away because he was so upset and I was looking at him and I, I, maybe I was a little bit scared at this time too. And then he got, he got up and he walked back. He walked he walked up toward the parking lot and then made a right turn and walked back into the Thule's on the right-hand side of the boat ramp. What the hell? Without making any noise at all. Yeah. And I went over there where he had, I think he had walked into the Thule's and I had ran over, like not run over there, but I had gone over there to the Thule's and then I had walked around the Thule's as a normal person would have to do mm-hmm. if they went yeah. that direction. And Again, like when I ran up the trail to see if he actually went up the trail, there was no person. And when I ran around the Thule's, as a person would have had to do, he, there was no person. What the heck? Yeah. And uh, the thing that got me the second time was that he looked like a different era of person. Mm-hmm. It looked like a different era of person. And the clothing was something that I didn't expect. When I seen the person the first time, I expect to see some gothic dude in a totally cool black and purple long coat. But this was definitely yeah. like an old west, an old west um, style. Right. And that is the last I had ever. That's the last. That's the last I had seen him. And that was probably a year, a year and a half later than the uh, first time. Dang. So. Have you gone back around that time to kind of, you know, kind of bait it to to see <laughs> if, if if it's if it could happen for a third time and you could kind of pounce on the opportunity of of maybe getting yeah. closer or interacting with it them whatever we want to call it or 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 take, see that the cell phone idea never dawned on me it right. never dawned on me to take a cell phone pic um I was just so in the trance of the person when he was there that I wasn't even thinking about that. Um, and, but again, like I never thought of being, about taking up my pepper spray either. So I never felt like I was in any danger. Um, right. 
I've told all my friends this that go to the lake. So um, I've got a lot of eyes on the lake if they see anything similar. I go, so this is one of the lakes that I fish the most. I don't know if you know my background with fishing, but um, um, from about the beginning of January to the beginning of March, mm -hmm. January, February, March. So for a two-month period, I fish the lake about 50 out of 60 nights. Damn, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I put I try to put in 60 straight days. So the, they start stocking trout in my lake um, at the end of October. I like to give them a month, and I don't like to show my cards fishing. I don't like to do anything. I like to just have them fatten up. I don't want to get them used to what I'm doing or anything else. Right. And um, I'll start hitting them in uh, December. And then when the bite starts to, you know, I, when, 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 when I'm starting to get my bite, I'll throw 60 straight days at them. I'll, I'll just go there 60 straight days. I'll, I'll change my personal schedule any way I can to fish from dark, for, to fish from dusk into where we have a 10 p.m. curfew. So I can only fish from, um, well, my bite starts at dusk and I go till curfew time. Okay. 10 p.m. I have to be off the lake. So I don't go to the lake um, during the summer because it gets dark at nine o'clock. I have one hour of darkness. Right. So I like to go before the time change happens or about now when it gets dark at six o'clock. Um, I have four hours to fish until um, I get kicked out by the curfew. So I will be there. So to answer your question, I, I will be there 50, probably 50 out of 60 days this year in those same spots. Yeah. I don't know how else I can bait it. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, being present is probably, you know, the realistic, most guaranteed way to to stumble upon it or, or you know, it stumble upon you, I guess. And at, I guess at any point, did it did it ever, like, notice you or, or care or, or, you know, no. worry that you're there, I guess, even? Absolutely not. And so, so yeah, as I said, I've got a lot of eyes on it now. So all, all my friends that fish it now are looking yeah. out for the dude. I mean, it's <laughs> actually, it's, it's, it's working the opposite because some dudes don't go down there unless I'm down there now since I heard that story. But uh, so maybe some less eyes are down there. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, absolutely no interaction with me in any way. And I'm going to say that there was, that he had no capacity to be able to witness or see me. Mm -hmm. I had no, even when he was, see, he was, he was really close to me. The first incident. Yeah. But I didn't have any light, ambient lights. I didn't have yep. the lights from the boat ramp. I didn't have the lights from the boat dock. I didn't have anything to see him with. So it was like a really dusk, dark situation. Right. And yeah. I couldn't even identify that he was black, but um, the second time he could have clearly seen me and there was, I never caught the sense that he even double taked them in my direction. Really? You know what this sounds yeah. like is, is maybe may, I mean, ghost. Yes, but maybe it's mm -hmm. like somebody who's stuck. Like, and I, I don't even know. I'm going to say some stuff that might not even yeah. make any sense, but like stuck in like a paradigm of, of like being just in the wrong time. Like he just woke up and, and, you know, he, he fell asleep around a campfire in the 1800s with his horse and he woke up and he was in 2021 and he just was in so disbelief that, that there's this town with, with stuff around it. You know, this was not what it was like when he fell asleep type thing. Yeah. Like the, 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 that's exactly what I felt like. I felt like anything that was connected to modern technology, 
he absolutely had never seen before and was totally bewildered by it. And uh, there is so so there, there's a there's I, I I do a lot of science and I a lot of do a lot of like um, like I um, um uh, okay I I'm into a lot of a lot of this stuff from listen have you ever listened to Coast to Coast AM with uh, Art Bell? Uh, not that I know of. Okay, so there's a program on there's a program on the radio that's been going for about fifty years. It's called Coast to Coast AM, maybe 40, 30 years. Um, Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell. And yeah. uh, it's also, it's called Coast to Coast during the week. And then on the weekends, they change the name. And now there's a guy named George Norrie. That radio show goes from, it's kind of like the Joe Rogan show, okay? Okay. It does every single thing possible. It'll go to the most crazy, absurd, paranormal stuff. They have nights when they have a line dedicated to just time travelers. Wow. To just people who are traveling through time, right? Yeah. Then they have Michio Kaku and the greatest scientists in the world on um, on that show, like the highest level science you could possibly imagine, right? Right, like Neil deGrasse Tyson and, and guys of that caliber, if not higher, I'm sure. Yeah, and then it goes to every kook in the world. Right. And the, the the greatest thing about the show, and Art Bell set it up this way, and he said this too. First, they wouldn't let him on the radio, so he had a ham radio in his backyard where he'd broadcast just the people that could tune into his ham radio. Mm-hmm. And then it became so wildly popular that they syndicated it. But So he said that every single person deserves to be taken at 100% credibility, and that's the way he's going to treat the show. So whether it's the kookiest thing you've ever heard in your life, it was always taken a hundred percent seriously. Yeah. But there was, so there was a, the, 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 here, here, this is a phenomenon that I get, think a lot of people don't understand. Now I'm going up way out in the tangent. Okay. <laughs> visible light is visible light is 380 to like 760 nanometers. Mm-hmm. That's the range of visible light that the human eye can see. Yeah. Because you can only see electrons that jump from the second energy level to a higher energy level and fall back down because that's the way your retina, that's the way your your rods and cones are developed. Okay. Yep. Um, A bee can see light that you can't see. A bee can see ultraviolet light, right? Okay. Yep. So, this, okay. So, to make a long story short, they had these spider webs and the bees and um, and the flies would get caught in the spider web. And then over time, the bees and the flies would avoid the spider web. And the people cannot understand how they how the bees and the flies knew to avoid the spider web, right? The spider then changed the web, and the flies and the bees started flying in the spider web again. Mm. And scientists couldn't figure out what it was. When they looked at it through the ultraviolet light that um, flies and bees can see, the spider changed the image in the web to a different flower. Oh. So now the bees that were avoiding the first flower in the web flew into the new flower. Yep. Yeah. So just a little change in the spectrum that a bee can see versus a fly can see, we are totally oblivious to, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. We can, Okay, so we can see... One, we could see, so if you took the visible spectrum that we can see, it's one out of one to the third, it's one out of 
one times 10 to the 13th power possible wavelengths. Damn. Holy crap. So see, like 10,000 trillionth of the possible electromagnetic spectrum. Yeah. So some guy has professed this. Some guy has professed this. That if you're, and this is totally to do with the wavelengths too. So it's not out of the, it's kind of what you were talking about. You have a radio and you set it to 560 AM, right? You set it to 560 AM. You're hearing the stuff on 560 AM. Yeah. If you just change to 810 AM, the stuff on 560 AM is still going on. But the stuff on 810 AM is now the only thing you could hear, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I know where you're going with this. So this guy, this scientist who's kind of proven this to be true at the highest level, says that time is the dial on your radio. Yeah. And it's slightly moving in the time direction. Mm -hmm. And so you're not able to see the past radio stations, right? Yeah. It's like if you're moving your dial from 560 to 810, when you get to 810, you can't see 560 anymore. Right. You can't go back to it. Yeah. You get, you're, you're approaching 1060, but you're not there yet, so you can't see it. Mm-hmm. So this guy has proposed that maybe things like this are just captured in a different time of the dial. I've thought about that my whole life because I, I this guy came on the radio when I was a kid. And so that idea always fascinated me. Damn, yeah. And so when I when I seen this guy who looked like he was definitely not of this era, it did make me think that maybe in some phase, maybe he's been phased out and then phased back into life. Mm-hmm. Huh. But yeah, I have some. You know, in this same lake we live. Um, we live next to Lawrence. Okay, so the lakes by Lawrence Livermore Lab. Well, they do all the bomb testing and stuff. Oh, geez, yeah. <laughs> Yes, Lawrence Livermore Labs where they do all the bomb testing stuff, and they got a whole bunch of drone testing, and they do um, it's kind of like an Area Fifty One out in the middle of the San Francisco Bay Area. Yeah, that nobody's allowed to be in, right? And you see bomb bunkers. You can see bomb bunkers and every everything from the um, from the highway. Mm-hmm. And um, I witnessed something adjacent, a kind of like a UFO. But the guys that fish the lake that look that direction have seen. They said they've seen many things. Mm. it said see many things yeah um but yeah i guess that's my ghost story it's uh yeah i i i wish i could bait him back i promise you next time i'll bring out my cell phone and i'll and i will uh try to videotape him maybe if he uh maybe we'll just we'll just go with the the narrative of that he is you know stuck from the 1800s maybe you need to like bait him back with like like a, like a horse and some nice yeah. firewood, some p- nice pelts. <laughs> you need to, you need to reminisce him of, of the time that he's from. So he'll come out and check it out. Yeah. I'll make him, I'll make him a little, I'll make him a little area that looks like it's from the 1700s and hopefully yeah, like a little shows sleeping up. mat and stuff. Hopefully he shows up comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he won't be, as, won't be as distraught this time. It's definitely not comfortable this time, but uh, it didn't. It, 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 I never. I didn't stop fishing even one of those nights. It didn't bother me that much. Dang, and and you, like, nobody else has ever come forward with with any other, you know, sightings or like, uh, you know, you know, just any um anything alike which what with what you've um noticed or seen. 
No. And, you know, I spread the word around far enough to where I expected to have somebody come back to me and say, oh, yeah, I know that guy. I've seen that guy before. That guy walks around like all the time in that jacket. Right. That's yeah. kind of what I was expecting. Um, people have told me it's probably because there's a, there, there's I, I, you know, I actually have never seen a homeless person at that lake. But. OK, so. Uh, going to like to my fishery, going a little bit in my fisheries. Um, every county in my every county in my area has their own urban lake. Okay, that's like I, I I'm gonna misquote the surface acres, but I think it's around 250 surface acres. It's a lake that you can walk around in about 45 minutes. They're in the middle of cities but they're constructed in such a way that you can't see any of the urban um, life from the lake. Oh yeah. So yeah. all the mountains and everything else are, you cannot build on them. And it, this is true about California is that there's no water shoreline. That's not public property. Damn. If there is any water in shoreline, nobody could own the shoreline. So no matter where I see water on a map, I can fish that place and I can walk that shoreline. Wow. Okay. That is, that is a truth. That is a truth. And so you will never, instead of some really weird situations, you'll never see a house on the water in California. Cause they're not allowed to do it. Mm -hmm. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. So around these lakes, they have to be mountainous. There's no, they cannot encroach with houses. Mm-hmm. Huh. There is a large homeless population in the city that surrounds it, but there is, I've never seen a homeless person at the lake. And, uh, it, it's, and you know, you, because these things, you can't build houses or you can't build any city within like, I don't know, uh, half a mile of the lake. Then, um, yeah, I don't think a homeless person just wandered. Yeah. There's no, like no reason, you know, for them to be around the area if there's nothing there. But there's nothing there. There's not going to be no place to beg from. There's going to be no place to do anything. And, um, you know, the, the fact that there was no noise associated with this. Right. Dude was, yeah, that's uh, crazy. Like the biggest thing, um, because he could, there's no way he could have walked down the trail um, of the island with me just standing. Because, you know, all this stuff, the, the, when you when you cut the trail in the tulis, you have nothing but old, rotten, dry tulis that you're walking on. Yeah. So this big formidable dude is definitely going to be uh definitely going to be making some noise right and crashing around and stuff wow that's crazy there, there was nothing there was nothing at all yeah Man. um so let's uh let's so yeah I, I i would really be interested in disclosing way more information than i ever would before on the um on my fisheries yeah um oh so going back so there, there are two i think there are 250 super, uh surface acre lakes they're exactly the same size plus or minus five acres that lake dixon is where dotting okay. is caught yep yep yeah and that that's another example of one of these urban lakes so every county gets its own lake not surrounded by houses but surrounded by city a half a mile away because you got to keep it all open to people and what what's different from my fishery compared to any other fishery in California now is that we always got the stock trout. Southern California stopped, stopped, stopped stocking trout a long time ago. Mm -hmm. um, Northern California has treated the trout stock stocks a little bit differently. Um, we 
still get about 40,000 pounds of trout put into all our little 250 surface acre lakes from the end of October to about the big, about the end of April. Wow. 40,000 pounds. So there's, there's, there's two plants. There's a DFG plant, Department of Fish and Game, that puts in fish from 11 inches to 15 inches. And then there's Lassen, Lassen uh, Farms trout that are between 15 inches and 7 pounds. Holy crap. So they've stopped stocking any trout in my lakes that are less than 11 inches long because the coumarants and the bass just eat them all. Mm-hmm. So you have these little tiny lakes that you can walk around in 45 minutes. They get 45,000 pounds of trout. And what, why I think Dixon and my lakes get potential world records, because the lake records at, of every lake near my house is 19 pounds or bigger. Wow. Jeez. Um, my home lake is 20, 20.5 pounds. Um, I see fish over 20 pounds routinely. I mean, for sure over 20 pounds because I've seen 16 and 17 pounders that we know are 16 and 17 pounders because they've been caught and weighed. Mm-hmm. And we put them back down with the fish, and the other fish are bigger. The other fish are bigger than these than these fish. Wow! And so it, it's it you know we live in a situation where in most lakes you're gonna have a turnover, right? Where mm-hmm. in the winter the in the winter the the cold water goes to the top, and the warm water goes to the bottom, and then yep. in the summer you get that switch, right? These lakes are too small for a turnover. They don't they don't have tur- turnover effect. Mm. So the bass and the trout are never separated. There's never a striation where the bass and the trout do not coexist in the lakes, right? Yeah. So it's a feeding frenzy for that entire time that they stop the trout. Damn. Because in these big reservoirs like Berryessa and, and uh, Shasta and stuff, the trout and the bass only pass paths in spring and fall. Or else, or otherwise, they're occupying different parts of the lake. Right. Yeah, because they're, they're going past each other and everything, running into each other. Yeah, but my lakes, they cannot, they cannot, they cannot, they they always coexist. So the bass always have access to the trout. And um, so, okay, then to put it in perspective, like there's some tagged fish in the lake, and during this crazy time that they're dumping trout into the lake, if you catch a, I caught a fish in February. That was 11 and a half pounds. And then I caught him in the middle of summer and it was five and a half pounds. Dang. That's a 50% <laughs> drop in weight. Yeah. Because th- there's no more trout anymore. So, and like Dixon, like Dixon and SoCal that produced Dottie, they're the same size lakes. So we get a lot of giant fish and you know, but but if you catch them at the wrong time of the year, they're 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 just they, they don't have the weight that they do in the spring and fall when they're pumping in the trout. Wow, wow, yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah, we're so, gonna have so, to go into detail about yeah. that on an episode because, because we have yeah because and and then see the SoCal they stopped stocking the trout, mm-hmm. and so you know you hear the guys down in SoCal and they don't have the trophy fisheries that we have here anymore. Yeah, wow. which is sad. So you got uh, you got trophy bass and you got uh, ghosts slash time travelers. I mean, there's really not much more a guy could ask for. I don't think. No, I know, and uh, yeah, let's get this really next time. Let's really get into the weeds on uh, catching the giants. 
Yeah, dude. Yeah, we will. We'll, I'll, I'll hit you up after this and, and we'll figure out a, a good day and, and stuff. But I appreciate you coming on and in talking about what you've experienced and kind of going in depth on, on what, what we think it could be or what, what, yeah. what the, what the options are out there, because I mean, it it's crazy when you witness <laughs> something and there's just literally no answer to what you saw. None. That, like absolutely none. Yeah. And I promise pictures to everybody next time. Heck yeah, man. Well, we'll talk soon. I appreciate you coming awesome. on. I hope you guys enjoyed his story because I, like I said, I watched it on Facebook and I was like, yeah, I need, I need to hit Steven up. Cause I want to, I want to hear about this and just kind of hear what, what you've got to say, because it's, it's like nothing, I, I, nothing I've heard before. You know, I've never heard of, 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 you know, a ghost, like showing emotions, like you said, and, and being completely silent like that. Like uh, it was just something I wanted to hear and I wanted everybody else to hear if they hadn't already super crazy, man. Yeah. Well, Adrian, Hey, good luck with podcast. And, uh, thanks. Thanks for having me on. We'll do it thank, again. Thank you, man. We'll, we'll talk soon. Sounds good. All right. Talk to you. Yep. Bye.